Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. Well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom. It's our Christmas and end of the year episode. Rich, how are you? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Uh, yeah, but I mean, as I said to you, I literally just finished work an hour ago, so... Uh, so you hate humanity, basically. So, I mean, I haven't even had a, a chance to relax. <laughs> Jesus. Well, so this, this can be your relax. This be my relaxation. Yeah, this can be your relax, man. Kick out the tyres, kick out the jams. I um busy as ever, um, bustling, hustling, cutting corners, left, right and centre. Um, I had Jeff Grubb on the show uh, today, my much longer-awaited interview with Jeff Grubb. It was two hours and I think 15 minutes, a pure pleasure. Um, it'll be up this weekend, listeners. Uh, we cover a lot of topics. Um, fabulous guy. Um, never short of a story. And we, we, we go all around. I cover all the bases, man in just Dave Rapid Reporter style. Um, a lot of D&D, but a lot of other stuff as well. Some personal stuff, um, some personal stories of his, not mine. And, um, yeah, what a... what a, well, I, was, I mean, I'm saying what a fantastic interview. What I really mean is what a fantastic guy to interview. And uh, that was... It was such a pleasure. I want to thank Jeff uh, for that. And, um, and, man, I got the feeling like we just scratched the surface, you know? Mm. You know? And uh, occasionally I went a little deep. You know me, Rich. And... Um, you know, I and actually, yeah, you, you do like it deep. Well, I there was mention of the dark gods at one point. I got very excited. Um, <laughs> I got so excited that I forgot I was going to kind of fawn over them, which I'm not sure. You know, because there's you know me, Rich. When I start hearing about the dark gods, uh, part of me wants to start worshiping. You know, and um, you know that's how it is. You know, that's how it is when you're an agent of Cobra. You know, that's just the way it is. I said to Richard during Things the week. Will never be the same. <laughs> I said to Rich during the week, listeners. With the virtual world, Rich, is it evil if I just want to blow it up? And then if I said, well, if I, I'm like, oh, I'm against the system, but really I just want to blow it up for the sheer joy. Is that is that evil, Rich? And you said... And, yeah, tell them my response. You were like, something like uh, people delude themselves all the time or something. <laughs> well, I said villains always uh, delude themselves and lie about their motivation, so why sure. not? But does it... The thing is... I'm not looking for an exit plan for me. So does that make it more noble? You know what I mean? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, well. well, there you go. I mean, hey, I, I'm so, I'm clutching at straws, you know, because I just want to blow that fucking virtual world up. I fucking hate that world, man. See, you, you know? you, your level of villainy is like you want people to think you're Magneto, but the whole time you're just lying about being a survivor of the Holocaust. You just want to, you just want mayhem and and I do want to mayhem. rule the world. Well, my inspiration is Baroness, and she's as black-hearted as they come, isn't she? She's as cold as they come, Baroness. Like, you know, not much gets through her. I know she has a romance with Destro, but I've never seen Baroness turn away from a path of absolute villainy, you know? Ever. Yeah, again, and that's, that's, that's your thing. It is my thing, man. <laughs> now, um, signal abductions during the week, Rich. I got a couple. Did, you, did anything come in as we approached the Christmas period? No, nah, man, I haven't. Other than doing my, uh, Christmas shopping for pe- uh, people, I, I haven't been buying anything. Sure. You bought me a motorbike, Chris, did you, or something like that, or, you know, a car? Uh, there's one, yeah. <laughs> Speaking mate, of motorbikes. I've still, I've still got to give you, oh. um, I've still got your birthday gift here, mate. 
Really? Um, what what is it? Yeah. Do I know? I bu- I bought you an issue of uh, Superboy. Really? An old Superboy. Um, really? Thank issue. you. Wow. Have you told me this before? I feel like you yeah. Have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've told you that. I sent you a picture <laughs> of it. I was like, I, man, I've, I've got to give this to you, but wow. we've been so busy, we haven't had a chance yeah. to. Well, um, you know what? Well, during up. the break, I'll make an effort because I'm going to be off work for three weeks. So sometime during that break. We'll make an effort for sure. Um, not just because of Superboy, but because we do want to catch up with you guys. Um, but Superboy's also part of it, so... <laughs> Let's not kid ourselves here. Um, well, that's good. And it's good that I have a bad memory, because I, I must admit, it's like you're bringing it up again. It's like an episode of Memento. I'm like, oh, yeah, wow, Superboy, thank you, Rich. You're like, I told you this would Dave. Like, yeah, you really are a, your own weird David David version of... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Of memento, I've got You've, a yeah. It was a fucked up version, though. I've got a, I've got a good memory for um, some things, but I've terrible memory of my own life, like of of what people told me like four weeks ago. I'm just like, I, I don't disbelieve them. I'm like, yeah, you probably did. It sounds vaguely familiar, like you know. But it was, I don't have that brain that absorbs it, like the the general chat chat brain. I'm I'm terrible at that. And mm. I often get myself quoted back, and I'm like, did I say that? And I'm like, yeah, sort of sounds familiar. Um, now, um, in speaking of oh, motorbikes... Hey, hang on, Dave, Dave. Hmm. Um, I don't know on your end, but, um, you've been, rec- it's been doing that voice to... Oh, yeah, yeah, don't worry about that, Rich. I'm, 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 I'm getting... I'm just watching it and it's just going, going like, It's not it's the first time, it's not the first time, it probably won't be the last time. Um, we have, <laughs> just for the listeners, we have this thing on our, on our Google Docs, and somehow I do it so that it's a microphone, and when I see... What I talk about on the microphone, I feel embarrassed for myself because it's just babble. No, it's babble. It's meaningless. Um, there's a lot of like um, sort of at times just questioning my motivation, questioning what I'm doing, and then then like a fucking you know car engine, I just start back up again. It's just I'm, I'm just unbeatable. Um, now, signal abductions. Speaking of motorbikes, my Wolverine with the motorbike came home with mm-hmm. me, uh, and I'm so happy with it. And what I really want is my Baroness. I'm waiting till I get my shelves and the renovations done. My Baroness on the shelf with her motorbike and Wolverine with his motorbike. And in my mind, they're, they are technically enemies, but it's like a truce. They're like in Madripoor and it's just kind of like they're just on a biking convention or something. Like maybe they're doing some drag racing against each other. But they're pals in a very shallow sense. You know what I mean, Rich? Like they're not going to war with each other. They're kind of just chilling. Baroness and Wolverine on motorbikes. Oh, that's the beauty of toys. Yep. You can you can make your own fan fiction. That's exactly right. And you'll probably do it better than Marvel's doing right now in the official. <laughs> you'll probably do it a lot better. Well, well, to be fair, you can do a lot better than probably most. So yeah, yeah. And, anything, and, and it's not like it's that deep a concept. That, that Baroness and Wolverine biking buddies. And you're like, well, Marvel, you struggle to get to that, you know. They're just like, uh, Wolverine, uh, you know, he doesn't pop his claws anymore because it's too violent. <laughs> he doesn't. Wolverine's against fighting now. It's like, wow, Wolverine's turned into a massive pussy. Like, can you imagine, like, yeah. 90s Wolverine yeah. meeting current Wolverine? He'd be like, what the fuck's up with you, man? Like, well, there already was the, the softer Wolverine because there was the 90s animated show. He was good, though, at least. Yeah, but my point is, he never, he, he only popped his claws for, for robots. Like, sure, sure. There was no flesh. Those claws meant no flesh. But he did talk tough. You know, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. he, he talked that, real yeah. tough all the time. <laughs> Which to me, to me made it even worse because it made him look like he was all talk and then getting his ass handed. 
Sure. <laughs> now, I think I mentioned last week my steel brigade came in, um, mm. which I'm pretty happy with. And there's a few other things I've got um, rock and roll on the way. And I've got a few things on the way. But, yeah, my Joe collection's really exploding. Um, you know, uh, my Marvel Legends is there. But because I restrict my Marvel Legends, I'm very choosy. But um, it's primarily a space thing because when I put them all up on, on um, you know, shelves, I want it, there to be an A-team. You know what I mean? And, and my, with my Joes, I'm super, like, I only get it if I really want it, um, if, I, if I'm if i feeling it. Like, but you know me with the Joes, Rich. Yo, Joe. I just I just can't resist, you know? Yo, Joe. I have a lot more, despite my love of, of Baroness, I have a lot more Joes than Cobra, actually, when I think about it. Like, I don't know why that is, because I really do like some of the Cobra, like the Commander. I've got Destro. Uh, Dreadnoughts are coming. Um, Zorana's coming. You know, I do have... I have, like, two Destros, actually. And and what's the guy's name? Zartan. I've got him as well. Yeah, but you've also got to remember there's a hell of a lot more Joes than there are Cobra. That's right. That's right, because there's so many of the Cobra figures are just troop builders, you know? I I mind you, I've got a few Cobra. I'm making it sound like I've got no Cobra. I've got a fair fair, fair bit. I've got quite a bit of Python Patrol, you know? Well, I mean, yeah, but, yeah, I mean, basically Cobra is, you know, it's like five leaders or uh, important characters I, I i'm just throwing a number and then sure. it's the foot soldiers whereas yeah. like gi joe it's like almost like the whole army of gi yes. joe is made up of um individual characters you're right you know what i mean totally so there's a lot more there's way more joes to collect wow i'll tell you a guy that i'm really kind of like um i would get in a heartbeat wild bill with the cowboy hat oh yeah yeah the, the pilot i love that character i'm not sure, i'm not sure if he's out in classified yet but but they really are expanding. I just ordered Quick Kick, actually, um, who's a cool character, kind of a Bruce Lee ripoff. Um, he's awesome, though, Quick Kick. I love him. And obviously, I've got Spirit and Freedom, obviously. Seriously. Mm. I mean, can you imagine a world? What I, I thought of this the other day, because um, you got me a while ago Nightwolf, the um, Mal, uh, Mortal Kombat figure, yeah? Mm-hmm. So what I want, and he's still in package because you know we moved like shortly after you got that for me. So I want to get on my shelf, obviously Spirit and Freedom, and I want to put Nightwolf with him as well because he's around the same scale, if not the exact same scale, and just just sitting there, just a representative, you know, from the Mortal Kombat universe with his Native American you know brother, basically. <laughs> um, it's true. Like, <laughs> why not, man? Like the two of them together, just kind of team up style. You know, these are the thoughts going through the head, man. Some people think it's shallow. I, you know, I, I think it's a little deeper than that. We're going a little deeper now. I, 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 w- I wouldn't call it shadow, uh, uh, shallow. I, I might say concerning, weird. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I definitely wouldn't say it's shallow, Dave. Thank you. Um, it's deep, deep problems. It's deep core issues of the personality. Um, now, I have uh, finished Assassin's Creed Mirage, finally. Now, here's my review. It's a 7 out of 10. And wow, you finished the game already? Finished it... Um, That's almost unheard of. Last night. Now, I'm giving it a 7. It's unlucky not to get more, but it's a good game. And I. And it, that's exactly what it is. It's a good game. It's a good Assassin's Creed game. But it, it lacked, uh, how can I say, variety and also lacked just basically fucking different cities should have had more stuff in the desert to make up for the fact that you only had Baghdad it's a good game but after Valhalla it really feels like a come down I know it was slightly cheaper 
But, I mean, slightly. Like, if normal Assassin's Creed is like 89, this was 69. I in, did enjoy it. Um, don't get me wrong. I played it. I enjoyed it. But I always felt like it was too small, you know? And over too quickly. Um, and I played a lot of side missions to build my character up. I... I enjoyed it. It's fun, but give me the next game to be a nice big game again. None of this small-time shit, you know? Um, mm. Now I have a correction to myself. Um, it's rare that, much like the president, when I have to come to the airwaves and, uh, you know, sort of say, I made a mistake uh, in the Iran-Contra affair, you know, I do not recall. Basically, I was making... I was throwing out a lot of bombs at um, Ubisoft about Basim and saying how they keep teasing his adventures in Valhalla, and I was like, he manages the shop. Well, it turns out that actually it's his, uh, like, acolyte, or, you know, junior, that manages the shop, whereas Bassam is also barely in it, but he's kind of like a villain. In, in I, don't even know, I don't know how to describe it because it's confusing, but he does have a bit of a role in the end game of Assassin's Creed Valhalla. But when I say that, he's still not in it much. You know, like, you can play 90% of the game and he's barely... You you don't side him. He's in it, like, 10%, and he has a role at the end, which is somewhat confusing. Um, And I just confuse the two of the characters because they're both fairly interchangeable, um, like, assassin Creed characters. You know, they're the assassins in the camp, and, you know, they seem pretty much exactly the same as each other. Um, So, yeah, so it's a rare moment where Dave will actually, you know... Have you ever heard me do a correction of myself before publicly? Um, Not publicly, no. No, no, and I don't like to. I don't like to encourage it. Don't expect a lot more of it. But I was taking such major shots at Ubisoft that I'm just waiting for that one fucking guy on the internet to take a shot at me. Well, quick draw, McDraw, I shot first. You know? I, I shot myself in the foot, pal. I don't need you taking any shots. I'm addressing the imaginary guy out there. You know, um, we also have a clarification from Mitchell, uh, Dimebag Daryl. Remember him from last week, Rich? We were—he was apparently dead, and we were all like, "We've never heard of this guy." Yes, we have a. Uh, he was a member of the rock band or hit metal band called Pantera, I believe. And Pantera, yeah, yeah. Um, I just know they were extremely hard rock. Anyway, he was shot on stage on the anniversary of John Lennon's death, shot and killed on stage because the fan blamed him for breaking up Pantera. And I was like, wow, that's a fan who took it seriously, you know? Mm. Um, Well, I guess they won't be reforming anytime soon with this guy. Imagine his defense. He's like, look, the guy broke up Pantera. Can I go now? Like, (laughs) it's like, fuck you. Yeah, it's almost like justified. Yeah. I've never heard a Pantera song in my life. I mean... I imagine it's the exact kind of music I would never want to hear. You know? That's what I'm imagining. Yeah. Uh, I think I've heard a couple. Um, Extremely I don't hardcore, mind the occasional yeah. bit of heavy heavy metal and all that. Sure. You know, you know me, Rich. Uh, you know, I come from a different generation to you, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Barely. But, I, no, I, but to be fair, I have a much more eclectic um, taste. Like, sure. I, I kind of... I don't have... Mm. I don't have a favourite genre... I do, it's more like decades. So I kind of like a lot of music in different genres. I've just stopped caring about music from maybe really 2010s onwards. I agree. There's hardly any good music since then. Yeah. Like, I mean, 2000s, there was still a bit of hang-ons. You know what I mean? There was still some 
some good stuff, but I just feel since 2010, I I don't think I could tell you who's top of the pops. I couldn't tell you what the current songs are. You know what I mean? Like, I'll hear a name like, um, what's it, Doopy Looper or something? Like, I'll, I'll hear a name and I'll be like, sorry, don't know who the fuck that no, is. Thank I just... you. <laughs> yeah, like, as I said, like, I love decades and I love a lot of different music in those decades. Like, as I said, I... I love some hard rock. I love some metal. Um, uh, give me some R and B. Give me some some hip hop. Even some like rap. You know, your Run DMC, all that sort of shit. Like, you know, Beastie Boys. I I've got a very very eclectic um, uh, taste. Um, so yeah. I have heard the occasional Pantera. I wouldn't say like I'm like a Pantera fan, but I have heard some of their music and sure. yeah, it was pretty good. I don't know if it's worth killing a man over. Were you not there? That were you it's, there? Not, it's not a Beatles level. Were you there the day uh, Dimebag Daryl died? Were you in the audience? I, I know the name of the band. I couldn't <laughs> name you a fucking single person in the band. <laughs> well, I, I know one. He's no longer a member because he's dead. Dimebag Daryl. Um, other than that, I've got no idea. Now, uh, also, Rich, um, before we get to your stuff, um, I reached out to Jali Johnson, who wrote The Road to Neverwinter um, D&D book, and he's writing the new D&D book. Remember we mentioned last week? The new yes yes and she also wrote an Assassin's Creed book um, around the characters of Basim and the other guy so I've reached out to her so why did you hear back I said to her it would be great if we could do something in the new year because I think it'd be fantastic you know like mm. um, and I'm reading that Road to Neverwinter and really enjoying it it's a good book um, yeah and by the way uh, spoilers Jeff Grubb he agreed with me that the D and D movie was pretty good that was what he thought um, I, you know he wasn't like saying it's the greatest movie ever but remember how I said I enjoyed it? And he was with me. What, what did you think of it, Rich? I can't remember. Yeah, look, as I said, I, it's not a <clears throat> it's not a bad movie as in, like, Jesus Christ, it's unwatchable or so bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like The Room or anything like that. My only issue is I think maybe I would have enjoyed the movie more had Marvel not been making movies for the last 15 years in the same sure, sure. vein. Because that... My only issue is I just feel like every single mm. company now, it just follows the Marvel formula. Right. We're going to make a movie about a property. We've got to, we've got to marvel it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I just wish they had... Because even DC did that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, you know, people started complaining that the Snyder stuff was a bit too dark. Sure. A bit too grim. And so they were like, right, well, then let's just MC, MCU fire it. You know what I mean? Let's just marvel it and... You know, that started with uh, Suicide Squad, and it's kind of been going ever since. And I just I just wish people would maybe go, well, listen, you know, yeah, we could go this way, but, you know, fucking Marvel makes, like, you know, have made, like, what, 30, 40 movies, you know what I mean, like, in this vein, and people are really starting to get a bit sick of it, you know what I mean, that, you know, it's not like yeah. they're, like, the top of the pops anymore. Maybe we should go a different direction, you know what I mean? Maybe we should maybe take it a little bit more seriously. You know what I mean? As well, I said, like, yeah. my my only issue with these movies is when you've got all these Marvel movies, right, and everyone copying them where the movies don't feel like they have any stakes, yeah. right? Because let's be honest, I'm sorry, but the Marvel movies don't feel like... It. After um, uh, Endgame, mm. and if any more, I, I don't feel like there's any stakes anymore. I feel like there's, the, the movies are stakeless. I wish someone you know would I mean? kill Captain Marvel and Black Captain Marvel. I wish it would happen. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, look, if stuff like that happened, yeah, I would, fair enough, I'd say there were stakes. You know what I mean? But, I mean, even in, like, say, Doctor Strange, they only killed off, oh, like, yeah. alternate fucking... Yeah, all the alternate characters. versions. And stupidly, too, yeah. can I mention. You yeah. know? Like... So, you know what I mean? I just feel like everything doesn't have... And, to be fair... They also, even in Endgame, kind of undid the stakes as well because they unsnapped everyone. Do you know what I mean? Like That was always so, going to happen, though, Rich. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you still... Up until that moment, you felt like the movies had stakes, is what I'm trying to say. But then yeah. they undid that, and then since then, I feel like there's been no real stakes. Do you know what I mean? Know. I'm not really... I'm not worried about anyone. Like... No. Okay, fine. The only person that died in the movie was Natasha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like uh, uh, all these movies along, you get to the end, and only literally one one person. And okay, Tony, sorry, no, Tony, wait, Tony, v- Vision, and Tony. Yeah, but I'm t- no, but he's just like the big one of the sacrifice. But I'm right. saying like um, Vision, who gives a fuck in, about Vision in that movie? The very end. Okay, they unsnapped everyone, so you kind of got to have like, oh well, someone's got to die. Yeah, but I'm saying you you could have had an opportunity to to like really have. Um, like I kind of feel like maybe the snap should not have killed off all the, the Avengers, but maybe you could have used it to maybe just get rid of some of the chaff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know what definitely. I mean? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, but they all so came back, didn't they? Wasn't but it again, like- anyway, I again, I get it. It's a Mar- again, it's a Marvel movie. Yeah. You know, it's not going to have the stakes of like you know uh, a, a a darker, deeper movie. It's fine. I, I've come to terms with it. The only problem is every movie that follows suit and is in the same vein mm. as the MCU movies also feel like they don't have any stakes. And they go, that's the DC as well. I didn't feel like there were stakes in Shazam 2. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I never really felt like any of the kids were in danger or yeah. something could happen or something like that. Like um, I was in danger of not caring. That was that was definitely happening. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah. so, you know, I just don't feel... And even like in that Flash movie, I still... I, they say that it's... But again, it's... It doesn't affect the whole universe, so mm. it almost feels like it's non-stake. Like, it was only really involving Well, Flash. sometimes it feels, especially in Marvel, that the only way to get out of it, to die, is for your contract to expire and you don't want to do any more, and that's kind of signaled to the <laughs> fucking audience, you know? Yeah, that's, that's true. And again, and so my issue with, um, as I said, the, the, the movie, just in general, mm. not its quality, not its acting or whatever, but just that... It just felt like a more polished version of the original movie that we got, like, 20 years ago. Yeah. Where yeah. I would have just really liked him to just maybe take it a bit more seriously um, mm. and and just make yeah. it feel more real than lived in and well, and not, like... Because, as I said, it's so bright, it's so colourful. Yeah. Everyone's outfits look brand spanking new, like, just off the belt, you know... Yeah. Just off the rack. Uh, uh, it, it just... I don't know. I would have just preferred something that was a little bit more, just a bit more gritty, a bit more realistic. I, I hear you, man. Um, I, I completely hear you. And that's kind of why I know you hate it, but that Vox Machina is a bit darker, which I like. You know, it has yeah, humor. Yeah, but it's so full of jokes it and people being quirky no, and is. quippy and all that. Because I know the voice actors, so I know what they're going to do in their own project. And they so. do. And they do. They do exactly what you'd expect. You know, but there is some darkness in there, which I do like. So... Yeah, we'll see. It. We'll see if there's going to be a sequel. Um, uh, Jeff was saying I'm not usually against it. I just feel like MCU has kind of mm. just killed it for me. Just you know that that style, that style of film of of writing and, and and movie. I just feel it's just been saturated. Well, those to the writers point of, were I on. To see it anymore. Those writers uh, were on Spider Man, one of the Spider Man movies. So they've been involved with MCU stuff. 
you know? Yeah. Well, again, no, you, that does not surprise me because clearly they've, they, yeah, they've continued yeah, <laughs> in exactly. that vein, you know what I mean? So Now, um, I have um, some news. Oh, so, Rich, I didn't even ask you, man. So I got so carried away with my own abductions. What, you. what have you been doing this week, man? Is there, have you been watching anything or has it just been work, work, work for Richie? Uh, oh, so uh, me and Nemesis, she, uh, as I said, we've been uh, we've been watching Doctor Who again. Oh, cool! What are you uh, up to? We started from the Eccleston. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, because she never, as I said, I said last week she never watched it. So I think we're up to we're up to series two now. Okay. Um, I think we're coming towards the end of series two, but we're going to take a break from that because oh. we're going to be watching Reacher season two this week, which just dropped today. I think the first Correct. three episodes. Yeah, uh, Mitch was telling me no, that. I'm straight from work to the show, so no time to watch it tonight. Well, you can't reach Reacher tonight, but I've told my dad as well because my dad is a—he's just a rusted-on fan. He's been asking me about this, like, yeah. and he never asks about any show ever. You know what I mean? But this is the one show. He loves Bosch, but there's plenty of Bosch. But he, yeah. he goes, uh, Jack, this Reacher, is it, are they are they doing more? And I've told him about five times, yes, it's happening. And he's like, but it's the one show he'll bring up which tells me he must love it, you know? Yeah. Well, you know what? But again, you know what makes it just also just enjoyable as well? And also why I really like The Terminal List yeah. is because these are movies that are not Marvel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally. These are movies where I feel like it's darker, it's, it's grittier, it's... You know, it, 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 yes, the, there's the occasional joke. Sure. It's got a little bit of comedy, but it's not like a... Yeah. It's not the quippy... Quippy shit, yeah. ...sort of jokes. It's more like... It's a more witty sort of, like, joke or it's sort not, of thing. It's, all not, that. But it's not just almost like uh, quippy... Not even that funny, but just quip, 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 and, you know, yeah. just everything, like... Yeah. It's used sparingly, but it's just... You know what I mean? But it's just... It's a, you know, it's a big fucking dude, takes no shit... Yeah, I like the um, actor. I've got to watch it because I like that actor too. I, yeah. I he's, he, you know, he's not making any quips and shit, you know, they're like sort of one-liners well, and crap and all that. He's a man of words, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's just it's based on the books and they and they they stick into the books pretty, as I said, pretty close. It's not 100% close, but it's it's close enough that you like, uh, you can see with the inspiration and, and that they, they're following the, 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 the thing. And it's just, again, it's just such a, and that in the terminal is, it just feels... Even though it's not fresh, it's shit that we used to watch probably twenty years ago. Sure, you know when you'd watch it, but it's, it's been so absent for so long yeah. that this almost feels like a renaissance. You yeah, know what I mean? Well, like yeah. a, 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 a in a way. So well, I refer to it as dad TV. That's what they say because it's like you know they've always got to diss the the you know the old men, but that's what it is. It's kind of like yeah, okay, we're going to throw your fucking bone. You know, and they do, and and people are gobbling. Well, and, and you know that what's his, what's his name, Joel Kinner or something like that. Yeah, he's got that movie out called Silent Night, I think it is. Right. Which is a a, a, um, a revenge action flick set Any at good? Christmas. Any good? Uh, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's just come out, but it remind it, it feels like it's you know what I mean because I saw that and I was like, fuck, when have we had an action movie like a proper? Yeah. Movie that's come out of the theaters that is a, a stand up drag out, yeah, action. just action fucking you, you movie. Know what you know I what I want to watch again. The, the only thing I can think of is the, are the Wick movies, but John Wick, yeah, for sure. I, I can't really think of that many. No, I can't. I can't off the top of my head. Um, I was gonna say I was walking uh, the dog with Michelle, and I said, you know, a movie that I want to watch again behind en Enemy Lines with Gene Hackman and Owen oh, yeah, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, and Owen uh, uh, Wilson. Owen Wilson and Gene Hackman. Yeah, yeah. 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 Good movie. I always get the two brothers confused. I have to remember Luke who's Wilson. Luke and who's Owen. Yeah, Owen's the one who's in Loki and stuff now. 
you know? Yeah, the blonde one. The blonde one with the, the broken nose is, is exactly. Owen, I think. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and I want to check that out again. But I do want to check out this Jack Reacher because I've actually read a couple of the books and enjoyed them. So I, I like it. Like, I'm, I'm down for it. I just haven't made time. Now, we have some news. Um, next year is the 50th anniversary of Wolverine. Can you believe it, man? Like, I, that, that has flown by, dude. That has fucking flown by. Um, has it? I feel like it has, man. So he is... I'll be 50 next year. So he debuted in the same year as me. Wow. I'm as old as Wolverine, man. Okay. Wait, his 50th is next year. Yeah, and so is mine. So is mine. Oh, okay. June, yeah. I thought you were saying it's his 50th this year. Sorry. No, I was 49 this year and 50 next year, like Wolverine. Now, um, beginning in spring... Marvel Legends will embark on an anniversary program to celebrate Wolverine with even more toys, like because he's lacking rich. Um, <laughs> two of the two packs will go up for pre-order before the year is out. A series of two packs will include Cyclops and Wolverine, okay, Patch Wolverine, and Joe Fixit in tuxes. I'm getting that. Logan versus Sabretooth, probably getting that. And Leandro with Brood Wolverine, I'm probably getting that. <laughs> I, I might. Or could you just buy them all? Well, I might resist Cyclock. I want to see what version of Cyclock that is. Um, if it's the hot version, yes. If it's the boring version, no. Definitely Patch and Joe Fixit in Tuxes, yes. Logan versus Sabretooth, probably. <laughs> and Leandra with Brood Wolverine. What does Brood Wolverine mean? Did he turn into a brood? I know, he, I know he fought them. Um, oh, my God. And, like... I, I, I don't normally like to tease people, but, like, seriously, looking at this Hasbro Pulse um, thing, there's, like, three guys on there, and two of them are just your normal, it's kind of geeky but normal-looking guys, and then there's this one Asian guy on the right-hand side who just honestly looks, he's in this X-Men Christmas sweater, and the haircut on him, and just the expression of his face, you just feel like, oh, dear, you know, you didn't do your hair today, mummy didn't do your hair. You know, he's just struggling for form. Like it, like it's it's like they've got the they've got the token geek, and then they've got the full on like he's come out of the basement for this recording kind of thing. Like you know, anyway, whatever. You know, we've all got our crosses to bear, but it is funny that they put him in this very unflattering X Men uh, Christmas shirt, and <laughs> it's just like this poor <laughs> bastard. <laughs> I wonder what he's. Do you reckon those guys are well paid? Those kind of hype men. For for you know the the products on the on the YouTube and all that shit like are they are they well paid do you reckon do you reckon they're clearing north of a hundred k US not saying that that's huge money but do you reckon they're clearing more than that no no they're just sort of like what's the point then like what is the fucking point like why would you do it dude the point is money like any money is money like, I guess yeah. um, I guess if they said you to know, me don't I mean they, they, they they're looking for any because the, the 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 reason I know it's not a hundred thousand or something like that. Uh. That's maybe something you could pay like a PewDiePie or, right. or, or or Mr. Beast if they took those sort of you know what I mean if that's the, right. if they if they took that sort of stuff. But if you're gonna if you're gonna try and get let's say I don't know as many YouTubers as you can yeah to pump your product you can't afford to give them all a hundred thousand. Do you reckon they'd say to this this guy in the in the fucking expense sweater? I'd be surprised if he's clearing more than two grand for this, you know. Oh, yeah, I, I would say it'd be random more that sort of... Throw him yeah. a, a fucking Wolverine box and go knock yourself out, kid. You know, I mean, maybe if they're really sort of... Uh, no, not, not desperate, but like uh, <laughs> really trying to push it and stuff, maybe you could argue five grand or something like that, but that would be... I'd take five grand to pump this 
I was going to say shit, but I, to pump this Wolverine fucking Marvel Legends, I'd take five grand. I'm available. I'll do it. I'll, I'll pump. I'll, I'll fucking hype to my heart's content about this stuff. You know? Hmm. Where's my five but, grand? I mean, they're also going to sort of base it on how many subscribers they have. So, sure. you know, I mean, look, someone who has 20,000 is still successful. Sure. But that's nowhere near as successful as someone with a million. So maybe yeah, they'll sure. approach someone who's got a million subscribers and say, hey, we'll give you like, you know, five, six grand. To Bastards. do, but then the person that's got twenty thousand, maybe they do they declare like, that on their taxes, or is that just cash? No, you. That's 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 technically income. That's income. I, I, would, I would imagine that you would have to. I'm looking at this fucking guy. I'm I'm, I'm closing this. This guy in the X Men sweater is really pissing me off now because he's he's getting two K where I'm I'm getting jack shit. I'm I'm closing him down. <laughs> I'm pissed off with that guy now. I started off being sympathetic because he was like such a geek, but now I'm like fuck that guy. You know, he dies first. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that escalated quickly. Dave's flipped. Dave's. Flipped. I tried to be empathetic, but it didn't. It just didn't last with me. You know what I mean? Like I just didn't couldn't stick. Didn't stick, man. I was. I was looking at that fucking sweater, and I was getting more and more annoyed. Um, okay, now I want to do a big RIP to Ian Gibson, an acclaimed 2000 AD artist. Uh, he gave us Halo Jones um, with Alan Moore. A full mental jacket was a fantastic dread story, and he he gave it a lot to 2000 AD, and um, he passed away recently, like this week. I saw his son was posting because obviously I'm a member of some of the Facebook groups of 2000 AD, and his son was saying he wasn't a rich man at the end of his life, um, but he does have enough basically to pay for the funeral costs and everything and a little tiny bit for family, and I think there might be a GoFundMe if I can find it, I'll share it. Uh, I, I do want to say this. Are you familiar with this guy's style? He did Halo Jones. He had a very, um, if you try yep, to, yep. yeah, beautiful style. I don't know how you describe it. It was almost like sketchy. It was very distinctive, you know. Um, I really liked his work. I think by the end, uh, he was struggling. You know, his hand was shaking, and but he was still doing commissions for people. And he was, he was like apologetic that it took so long. And it's like, dude, you know, brother, you know, just take the money. Like, we, we don't need you to keep killing yourself at that point. You know what I mean? Like, that's how I feel sometimes with these guys who are really old and they're still doing it. Obviously, they need the cash. Sometimes I almost wish that they would just be given the cash. Like, thank you for your work. Here's $500. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need you to struggle against whatever disease you've got on your deathbed still drawing. I, I, I find that's in very poor taste. That's just me. Though. I mean, I, I, on your deathbed, yes. But, I mean... Yeah. I do think also it's good for them to draw and sell that because sure. uh, you love drawing. That's true. Like, I mean, I'm sure that just because you've stopped working in comics, yeah, yeah, you still would have the itch to draw and point, you'd want to make money off of it. So uh, it, it, I, I would think that good even point. if you've got money, just the love of drawing these yeah. characters and, and doing commissions. Uh, I just me, want the money. Dude, I, don't, I don't fucking I, care about the drawing. I'd, I'd still... I'll still probably be drawing on my deathbed because I wouldn't be. Fuck that. I'd be like, no way. It's something that I enjoy doing. I love, I love drawing, man. I'd I be just... watching the cricket. I'd be watching the cricket. I'd be like, fuck off with this drawing shit. Like, just pay me. You know, I've given you. I'd be like, have I not entertained you? <laughs> I'd be like, damn, yeah, Ross. But you, you've also got to keep drawing because um, <laughs> it's a skill that can deteriorate. Yeah, I know. I know, Rich. You well, know what I mean? Like, um, well, if like, you're on your deathbed... Not, not really and I, dick, but I, don't, I don't know if writing skill deteriorates over time as, as like what a drawing skill does. From what I've does. seen, sometimes it does. Um, what I was going to say, Rich, if you're on your deathbed and say I've miraculously survived you, can I come? I can wheel myself up in my Davros chair and be like, hey, Rich, how are you going? You're like, I'm dying. I'm like, give me fucking Cyclops. Here's five bucks. 
do it. I'll throw the money well, back. Five bucks, I'll tell you to fuck off. <laughs> Dave, to the very end, he's trying to cheap out. <laughs> I'm like, come you know, on. Fuck it. I'll take your money and I'll draw you a stick figure. I'll be like, whatever. I was like, yeah. I was like, I'm not happy. I'm like, all right, you're like, take, I don't Doesn't fucking care. You're fucking dead. I'll take you <laughs> yeah. and die. Like, bang. You're like, I'm looking forward to spending this five bucks. <laughs> Can you just imagine it? We're in the old person's home and Dave's still grafting and grinding, trying to like get out of pain. Um, that's hilarious, man. Uh, less hilarious that the guy's passed away. But, I mean, I've said it before on Single the Reaper comes for us all. Even Ian Gibson. And I'm sad to see it, man, because... I must admit, I loved his work, and I, I read um, a lot of his 2008 stuff, probably if not all of it, and he was always a really... What I liked about his stuff was it was very individual, and it was his style, but he, he, he was totally comfortable in it. Like, I never saw a bad Ian Gibson story. You know what I mean? Like, he was totally at home with his style that I haven't really seen anyone ever do before, that kind of sketchy style. It was, it was kind of his own thing. Mm. Um because it's, it's, it's funny with artists that some are so interchangeable and yet some have very distinctive, you know, works of their own. And sometimes, like with him, it doesn't hold them back. Like you never what read a judge register from him going, oh, this doesn't feel appropriate. It was like, yeah, this is just his style, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, excellent stuff. And our thoughts go out to him and I will make an effort to find the GoFundMe, which I think his, his uh, son was setting up. And I will definitely share it on Signal. And I do want to say um, he's well, you know, worth it. And honestly, you know, I'm pouring one out for the guy. You know what I mean? Because he gave a lot of pleasure to a lot of people. And it, it saddens me to hear at the end he didn't have much money and stuff. But we do know that if they screw you in American comics, they screw you even harder in the UK. You know? Um, so, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it sucks. Now, um, there's some stuff here about Captain America 4, a movie that I just feel that there's just no heat on whatsoever. You know, like, apparently it's going, oh, through, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going through some changes. Um, I don't know, like, could the change be they just stopped doing it? Um, I'm trying to work out here. They've just... I just, dis- I just discovered this week that mm-hmm. there's a bit of a nickname for, um, for, for Falcon's uh, Captain America. Mm-hmm. I heard someone refer to him as Blackton America. <laughs> Blackton America. I, I, I mean, I don't have a problem with him being Captain America. I just feel like it just doesn't feel like there's any heat on this project or on his portrayal. Like, they've left it so long. Like, that, that, that Captain America Winter Soldier show was nothing great. And that was, like, two years ago. So it's like the audience forgets, you know? Like, it just, it just feels like no one can. Yeah. Anyway. Well, but that but that's the thing, and this is why. Okay, okay this is why you've got to remember. Um, it's it's very hard to replace a beloved character. Okay, it's it's very it's it's okay. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier to replace a maybe a character that hasn't been always super popular, right? Sure. So, as much as I like uh, Ted called Blue Beetle, right? Yep. He's never been super popular, you know. He had a bit of a, a run in the 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 Bwahaha Justice League, you know, sure. sort of era. But he's not a character that sold books, right? Mm. So you 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 kill him off and you try a new character and you you try going a different route and all that. Yeah, of course you of course you would do that, right? Because it's you're trying to make the name successful, the brand, the IP, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Now the problem is when you change a Superman or a Batman. You, it's not permanent, right? You're doing it because maybe sales are flagging a little bit. 
And you, you want to do something, you know, to get people back in and go, below oh, what's happening? Oh, they're killing them off. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But the character is so well-established, so beloved, that, of course, it's, not, it's, it's, it's never going to be a permanent change, right? Mm-hmm. This is the problem with making someone like Falcon, you know, the, the, the Captain America. One, he's a character that has his own identity. And two, it's not a character that can permanently replace Steve Rogers. Mm. Right? Yeah. And... It's even harder when that Steve Rogers is Chris Evans. Yeah. Right? Popular. Like, yeah, Mackie's popular. He's got his fans. But fucking people love yeah. Chris Evans. Like, yeah. he's, he's got this charm. He's, you know, that boy's charm. He's, he's, he's affable. People love him. He's charming. It's really hard to replace that. Yeah, like, if you think you can easily replace it and have the same level of success, I think you're kidding yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, and also, I, I really do think yes to all that, and I also think they've taken too and, long, you know? And by the way, and as I said, if you had kept it at Falcon and Winter Soldier, mm. right, and you had US Agent slash Captain America, and it was just about them sort of, you know, taking him down or making sure that, you know, that he's the right person for the job... And the two of them, that that was their sort of relationship. He stays Falcon as the Winter Soldier, and they kind of become buddies because Steve's no longer around. Yeah. I think they would have been a hell of a lot more successful mm. and, and memorable than sticking him in that uh, that blue and white outfit and now have him start being um, verbose, telling people off and telling people to do better. Is that what you he's know, doing? Like he's, well, do, yeah, don't forget when, when uh, at the end do when better. they were talking about how like the refugees and all that sort of shit, and he's like, oh, you yeah. got to do better, Senator. And it's like, uh, yeah. okay, I, I hear your demand, but do you have any ideas? Instead, yeah. you're like, you got to do better. Now, I'm not an expert. I don't know what the fuck to do, but you got to do better. And it's like, mm. well, that's a cop-out. Just telling sure. someone they've got to do better they without, do looking, better. you know what I mean? Like, treating it like it's black and white. Yeah. Steve Rogers never did that. No, I know. When right? I'm Steve, Steve Rogers... Did. Gave you a reason why something was wrong. Told you what you should be doing. Mm. But he didn't just turn around to someone and go, you got to do better. Mm. Like, it's sure. so, so again, so you don't know how to write the character. That's the first way. You don't know how to write character that, that that tells people off in a, in a compelling, good, logical way. But I just, I don't I, think I mean, that's the character can, of Falcon. Can I like, also mention Mackie is yeah. very... Uh, playful he's very also yeah like he's got that boyish sort of charm and all that i just don't think he was meant to be a captain america that's just that's just my opinion i just think they would have had a far better time if they just kept it at falcon and winter soldier could have turned it into a movie could have been a buddy cop kind of thing and all that i think it could i think all right been well i've got some news here with while cap brave new world which is a captain america title which is slated for february 14 2025 it completed prince of photography back at the end of june Deadline reports that Marvel Studios has hired Matthew Orton to write additional scenes and material. Um, blah, blah, blah. While Marvel Studios could easily have rested on its laurels, uh, yeah, this guy likes that their extra efforts being put into it. Um, yeah, so we'll, like, there's no real information, but they've got a guy in there who's doing some rewrites. Um, I mean, which tells me as well that they're worried, you know, let's face it. Oh, I mean, look, they are super worried after the last... What? How many flops have they had now? Or well, Marvels was a flop for sure. Underperforming. Um, Ant Man you know three I mean? was wasn't huge for them, and there was another and one. Even even what even uh, Black Panther, yeah. While probably the best of the bunch, still underperformed from its first movie. So, <laughs> and I thought it was um, pretty fucking average as a movie as well. Can I? Yeah. Get so, I I think they were like, "Fuck, we can't get away with this average shit. Like, yeah. we need to get someone in and fucking pay them and actually 
put the effort, the, I, the time and the effort. I, I just in. want to um, mention that. Um, I just want to briefly mention the Patreon because if anyone wants to fund the show and also fund my Marvel Legends Wolverine two packs, that will come in very handy. <laughs> Just want to drop that in there, do an ad insert right now, uh, patreon.com slash signal of doom. I mean, yeah, he, he debuted Rich, Incredible Hulk 180 in October 1974, whereas I came out in June. So I was like a few months old, Wolverine. Isn't it great that we're born in the same year? I didn't know that, man. I Wait, am who's Wolverine. older, you or Wolverine? I'm a couple of months older because I was born in June. Oh, no, you're older than Wolverine. Yeah, man. Yeah. And um, yeah, well, now, now suddenly. I feel like, because I was all about my 50th maybe having some sort of smoky cocktail, but maybe I'll just have, like, Wolverine theme. Everything's Wolverine. Can you imagine it? <laughs> are you going to wear an eye patch? I'll wear an eye patch. Yeah, then I'll, I'll take the lazy option. I'll be like, you're on patch. That's it. You know, knock yourselves out, kids. Um, but everyone else has to come in, like, you know, the yellow yellow and black and all the variations. Yeah, that's Dude, interesting. Careful. Some, someone might come as the naked Wolverine from Weapon X. Oh, Jesus. Um, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, you know. <laughs> anyway, now, Doctor Who, uh, there's a new Sonic screwdriver. You sent me the picture. I think it looks fucking ridiculous, frankly. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm calling it the Sonic Massager. Well, it looked like a fucking vibrator, I thought, when I saw it. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, also... Dude, I don't, I don't even know where you get vibrator from. The thing's round. I don't even know. I, I, I don't know, but... It sucks. It does I, look I like joke, a... My joke was I think they didn't want to put a phallic object in the in the hands of the first gay doctor. <laughs> I mean, I don't get it. But, like, what I don't also don't understand is that Sonic Screwdriver is so iconic and it has been with him for so long. Why would you want to change it? Like, I don't know. Like, what's next? We change the TARDIS? Look, I'll be honest with you. I, again, I, I'm, I'm left wondering how many decisions Disney gets to make i think a few frankly in in the stuff and all that because you know um we've got a much blander cleaner whiter uh tardis that i think is just boring and lacking any character you didn't like it did we've you? got this new round mass hand massage looking <laughs> you know sonic screwdriver and yeah. i'm like is this disney going like this is the disney doctor who so everything has to be different Oh, definitely. Like, there's a bit of we've that. We've got to put our own spin on it, or something like that. Like, well, um, it looks ridiculous. Um, is he officially gay in the new guy, or is that just your speculation? Like, no. I, so, well, I mean, obviously they were alluding to that when Tennant said, um, oh, "Is this sure. who I am now?" Yeah. Now, I had a funny thought. Yeah. Does this mean that the that that got the gay out of the Tennant Doctor? I have no idea, man. Like, I yeah. I thought it was more of a joke, but. Nothing would surprise me at this point. Nothing would surprise me. Now, you brought in some well, hilarious news about Christo Christopher Eccleston. Please take us through this, Rich, because it was great. Um, so I think just recently they had like a like a Who convention mm. or something, um, and uh, they had Billy Piper and Christopher Eccleston on a panel. Yeah. It was just the two of them doing a panel, and they were obviously talking and being interviewed and all that sort of stuff. And the interviewer asked um, Eccleston, you know, um, you know, is there any talks of you coming back, you know, doing a, a you know, not necessarily special, but, you know, maybe a, you know, a, a crossover like they've done in the past, you know, and, yeah. and, and he said no and all that. And they were like, well, what, you know, what, what would bring you back? What could, you know, what sort of storyline or what would they do to bring you, get you back and make an appearance in Doctor Who again? And he literally did and He said, fire, um... Uh, he said, fire Davies, 
and all the producers, <laughs> and I'll come back. Wow. That's a fairly hardline comment from him. Yeah. yeah. Now, obviously, the producers he's talking about, like the producers like the Collinson and, and all that sort of stuff who've, who've kind of been there from wow. uh, from the start of it and all that. But he basically said, yeah, he said, get fire Davies, fire these. I wonder the what his producers. problem with them all was. Like, uh, obviously, there was some problem, but it was like 20 years so, ago. I know the problem he had with the producers, right? So the producers was um, that he... So they want nothing. They wanted nothing to do with Doctor Who. They mm. believed it was going to be a failure, mm. and they were apparently there were no help. And then, as soon as like the show started doing well and people were enjoying it and it was becoming popular, mm. then all of a sudden they started throwing their weight around and, and taking responsibility and saying that like the success was all all them. It's their doing and all that sort of right, shit. Right. Yeah. And that led to him butting heads with him, and then apparently he. I think he found that Davies was a coward, coward. and wow. um, didn't um, stand up for um, right his actor like like the yeah, the actors and the ideas and all that. Once mm. the producers started, you know, uh, seeing the success and now wanting more of a yeah because they like literally. So he, he this is his description of it. At the start of the show, they literally washed their hands with it. They tried to distance themselves as much as possible. They thought it was going to be a big flop, mm. a big failure. They were no help. Or anything, and so basically it was all on sort of Davies and, and Eggleston and all that, uh, and Piper and all that to sort of carry it, and and you know, and, and obviously the people working, you know, you're, the regular people, but they were all trying to figure it out and get it done and low budget and all this sort of shit. And as I said, once they were getting popular and everyone was loving it, then also now the producers show up and yeah. start throwing their weight around and and claiming. So he's definitely got. He's definitely got sour grapes like he definitely hates them like i mean that's the comment of a guy who does not give a fuck you know oh yeah yeah, yeah he's sure. just he like just, and, and by the way that's at a convention hey yeah that's what makes that's it even he more doesn't funny. give a fuck where he says it he that dude is so fucking honest yeah. he won't be like oh well i better not say anything because i'm at this convention it's you know he's like oh whatever if they don't invite me back again i couldn't give a fuck i'd be interested to have seen the reaction in the crowd because because these these people at conventions some of them just lap up anything that's said they're they're just like the easiest fans to please some of these people like you know what i mean mm. like it, it, it's funny that someone came in with the, he just dropped the bombshell it would have been fucking great to see some of the reactions you know especially with, oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure it would have been probably stunned silence yeah especially with davies back in charge like if he made those comments and it was all how it was a couple of years ago where Davies was not involved at all. But now that he's come back, it's even more funny. Mm. <laughs> anyway. Oh, so. I, I want to ask you a question. We were asking this to discover that obviously the Eccleston Doctor was supposed to be the war doctor, right? And Originally, um, yes. And then when he didn't want to come back, mm-hmm. they kind of got John Hurt. But yes. I have a question, right? Yes. Something doesn't, that baffles me. Why? Mm. Why didn't they just make the, the actual Eighth Doctor the war doctor? The, the guy that only did the movie. Uh, because I think they wanted to distance themselves from Paul McGann. They were just that keen to... him in the story, though. Sorry? But he's he's in the story. And his acting is actually pretty good. Remember, they get him to drink the the stuff, and then he chooses the warrior, and so then he drinks it, and then he... Oh, you mean in the in the special years later, yeah. In the special, why didn't they just, why didn't they just use him instead of getting John Hurt I and no kind idea. of throwing the numbers... You know, kind of fucking the numbers up a little bit. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I, what I do know he is actually, they... He was in the show and he was really good. 
Yeah, no, I remember what you're talking about now. Yes, originally they were keen to distance themselves, but yes, by the time they did that special, yeah, well, they were really popular. They really wanted Eccleston for that. That was, I think, where he... They really yeah, wanted well, I mean, But the fact that he didn't come back, I actually would have been quite happy to see the Eighth Doctor. Me too. Um, yeah. Sort of at least get a, get a show, you know, get a get a chance to be like, oh, hey, 100%. this is the Doctor I could have been. And he's done know? plenty of big Finnish stuff and audio adventures and stuff. So, yeah, no, I think there was quite a few people who thought that. Um, yeah. Oh, another, another wasted opportunity. No, nothing yeah. against John, but I've seen him in so much shit that, like... You know, I didn't feel like it was that special seeing him as, as a doctor, if I'm Yeah, honest. I will say about Eccleston, he has been very generous to, in his praise of John Hurt's performance, um, which mm. wasn't a massive performance from memory. There wasn't that much that he... he no, wasn't. I, it was a typical John Hurt performance. I mean, yeah. a fantastic, yeah. you know, that sort George of raspy... Yeah. Um, we must call it a smoker's well, <laughs> And he's pretty voice. old, too. Pretty old by that point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. well... Well, it is what it is, man, but it is hilarious that he's um he's just throwing out that stuff. Now I've got something that made me fucking laugh. So this this came out this week, you know that um, Marvel and Disney own Predator now, the Predator comics and stuff, because Disney owned the Predator franchise, and so they've been publishing the omnibuses of the original Predator stories, pretty much all of which came out via Dark Horse. So there was one omnibus that came out earlier this year that I do want to pick up, and the second omnibus was coming out, and that pretty much covers the majority of the stuff Dark Horse did, you know, because they're big omnibuses. Anyway, it appears the upcoming Predator Omnibus Volume 2 will be redacted and include less pages than solicited due to racial and Nazi content. Uh, As a result, it will be made returnable. And I did my research. So I have the omnibuses from Dark Horse, and I went, and I was like, surely these stories are in there, and they are. One set in the... I th- it's either the Civil War, I think, the American Civil War, and one is set, well, obviously in World War Two with Nazis. Uh, the Nazis are not the good guys. Uh, Ron Mars, who wrote the story, said, yeah, I guess, I don't know why they want to delete it. The Nazis, yes, the Nazis were the bad guys and get what's coming to them. Like, the, he was a very simple comment, like, which is fair enough. Um, what I find so puzzling... What if, like if they're just Nazis in the story? What we're deleting that now? What about Raiders of the Lost Ark, Rich? There's Nazis all through those movies. You know, mate. I'm uh, trying to it's figure so out. Um, it's just trying strange. to figure out all the stuff today. Is it's baffling. It, it hurts the brain. I, I, trying to figure out how they make these decisions. It 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 really does just. I, I can't believe brain, it. And, and like this is a Predator comic, i.e. It's bloody, it's going to be mostly gory, it's action-orientated, yada, yada, yada. Like, there's been so many fucking action movies with Nazis, usually as full villains and etc. in them. Um, I just, I almost, I, I, I laughed when I saw this. I was just like, this cannot be real. This is so stupid. Mate, um, I'm, I'm convinced that there's people today who think that if any young person sees any mm. Nazi imagery... They're going to all of a sudden want to be Nazis. It's bizarre because, like, we grew up in a time where, I mean, how many World War II... Like, also, if you're doing a World War II story, chances are it's going to have Nazis in it or Japanese soldiers in it. Like, because they're the enemy, you know, of the Allies, basically. So if you're going to have a war story, it's going to have that. And I don't think that is a bad thing. It's just... It's a, a drama. You know what I mean? It's... If you're watching a movie... And it's glorifying Nazi Germany and et cetera, et cetera. Like, you no know, satire. Just pure, like, imagine triumph of the will but done now. 
yeah, that's very distasteful, in my opinion. But just with Nazis in it, like fighting, like, as I said, it, it doesn't seem to worry Disney when it comes to Indiana Jones, you know? Well, isn't there, isn't there a movie, there's a movie, all quiet on the Western Front. Great movie. Is, that, that's done World, from World the German perspective, World, isn't it? World War One. yeah. It's, it's yeah, but I mean, it's still done from a German perspective. Like, yeah. like I, I, I'm surprised that that movie isn't banned just because it's from a German well, perspective. Well, I mean, at the end of the day... I might confuse them with Nazis because people are so stupid these days. Well, that's true. Um, I mean, that's a brilliant fucking movie and a brilliant book. Um, my God. It's, a, it's, it's such an anti-war book, too. You know, we, we read that book in school, and I must admit, it was one of those things that really left an impression. Much like I mentioned Animal Farm... We did those in school, and a lot of stuff you read in school, you're like, yeah, it's okay. But those two books, I, they really struck a chord with me. I, that's, it's also a brilliant movie, or quite on the Western Front. And I don't know, the horrors of war, man. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, like... And also, this is a comic book with Predator, you know, who... Guess what, kids? He's a made-up fucking alien race. You know what I mean? Like, it's not real. It's action. It's in World War Two. You know, it is what it is. Are we going to go and are we going to go and delete our copies of Dirty Dozen, man? Where they're killing all crazy shit against the Nazis because I don't know we're not allowed to have Nazis anymore. It's just it's just bizarre to me. Like, I what I don't understand. This is what I don't understand. Do these people who are doing the complaining, you know, and beating their chest and crying on the internet, do they realise how stupid they actually are sounding? They're criticising dramas in movies, like because, oh my God, we can't watch the young, the longest day. Why? Because it has images of the Germans talking about how they're going to defend D-Day. That's a dramatisation of stuff that actually would have happened. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they're fighting a war themselves, and they're being so. You know when it cuts away in longest day from mostly it's the Allies, but there's there's times when it's the Germans and they're trying to scramble their forces because they know they're about to get invaded, like. It's part of the drama. You know what I mean? Like, do you just want one side the whole time? You know? And it's it just doesn't... And yet we're supposed to be so inclusive also, Rich, at the same time. So it's very, like, which is it? You know, do you want complete censorship? Because sometimes that, that's what it is. It's like, I wish these people would read 1984, uh, 1984 or Animal Farm because I think that they might actually learn a few lessons because they're very, like... They used to be all about, um, and I am too, about, like, free media, um, against censorship, et cetera, et cetera. But now they seem extremely pro-censorship. <laughs> like, it's... Yeah. It's, it, like, it's... Do you not realise how you've shifted over the course of about 15 years? And it's... Well, again, different. Dave, that's the problem. We've had this discussion before, mm. is... It's not... It's not a pendulum. It's a circle. Yeah. Right? You, if you keep fighting, right... So if you're fighting for something and you achieve it, then yeah. you should stop fighting. Sure. But if you keep fighting, eventually you're going to fight back to where you started and you're going to start actually fighting for the things that you originally... So for instance, mm. we... Uh, civil rights and all that, and we fought for people to be uh, not segregated. Sure. To have equal rights to, you know, no whites only, blacks only, and all that sort of stuff. Now, jump forward to 2023, and you go to a lot of places, a lot of universities, colleges, and all sorts of stuff, and they've got black-only dorms, and they've got black-only classes, and whites-only stuff and all that. And right. you're like, and they're fighting for that. Mm. And so that's, 
so you're like, fuck, we're literally back where we started, but now it's a self-imposed. It's flipped. Um, stuff, and this is the problem. If you if you refuse to acknowledge when you've won, right? Mm. Then you're going to keep you're gonna you you're gonna come swing around, and you're literally gonna start now. You, you know what I mean? Because you yeah. have to keep changing the. You're for if you're you keep fighting, you're gonna change what you're fighting for. Yeah, you move the goalposts, and you're forever at war, and it's just yeah. But like, then the problem is, is you, you move them back in, like in a circle, and yeah. you'll eventually move them right back where you started. But now you're fighting for it instead of against it. I also think that there's a lot of. Um hoppers on the bandwagon these days like guys guys and gals who are just hopping on because they don't want to get cancelled themselves and so it's just easier just to hop on board and and smoke the peace pipe and just guzzle the kool-aid and just be like whatever like you know which is so funny to me because like that weird style has happened in governments when they've been overthrown like communism and stuff and then they turn into dictators themselves and do you know what I mean? There's lots of people who just jump on board that gravy train and they're just like, yeah, let's mm-hmm. ride this all the Like, it's very easy. Like, I'm reasonably progressive. I could expose, I could espouse many more progressive things on this show than I do, but I could also just flip completely and be like, yeah, you know, yeah, like everything Mark White says is right on. You know, like, you know, free the, free the slaves and, and like whatever. And like, you know, really chime in with the party line. It, it's easy to do, but... I just find it's pathetic as well. Like this is pathetic, you know. Basically, they're taking out shit from the Predator Omnibus. They are censoring shit now, and they can't even explain why. They're just like, oh, it's just very problematic. What Predator killing Nazis? Problematic? What? Explain exactly what what's problematic about it. Uh, uh, well, we can't have Nazis doing things. You know, they're only allowed to kill Jews. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> oh, Jesus, yeah. but you know what I mean. Like you can, like it's, it's like they've got to be like one thousand percent evil um, all the time. Otherwise, there's a huge problem. And I'm just like, I think you have a problem with drama. I think you have a problem understanding what drama is, what conflict is, blah but blah blah. Also, but forget about that. What nuance is? Yeah, they've lost nuance, Ben. You know, I mean, we 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 kind of use the term Nazi as a blanket, very blanket statement, yeah. but um, not all Nazis were evil. Not every person who was in the German army oh, no, definitely. Yeah. was an evil or bad person. But it, in definitely today's not. lens, with today's yeah. black, like super black and white, yeah. there is no good like Nazi. Every Nazi was bad. And therefore, mm. and that's because that's why they call everyone a Nazi. Because there's assumption that like every single person in the Nazi party, in the Nazi army, were just vile, disgusting. Which is not true. Um, there was there was horri- there was horrific at- horrific atrocities on all sides in the war. Yes, the Germans were massively more responsible than anyone else, but you had many members of the German army who were just there. Oh yeah, you know. look, and 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 again, there was a gambit of of, of stuff. You had the the, the true believers sure. who like, like would just take someone out and just blow the the back of their heads. You know what I mean? And be happy and get a good night's sleep. There were ones who who did it uh, under the duress and, you know, uh, and would have and would uh, eat, eat away them for the rest of their life. Uh, alcoholics got through it with drinking, all that sort of shit. And then there were ones that risked uh, death and punishment and sure. refused to do it. Sure. Sure. But that, but it's you know what I mean. That that's what life is. But you want life one isn't of the, just black and white. You want one of the the dirtiest, most humanly expensive 
wars possible, check out the winter war between Russia and Germany on the Eastern Front. I would say, without without having the stats in front of me, that more lives may have been lost there in, than in almost any other theatre of conflict in human history. It was immense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And atrocities on both sides. Oh, my God. Mm. Like, atrocities by Russians on Russians, uh, Russians on Jews, uh, Germans on Jews, Germans on fucking everybody. Yeah. Like, it was brutal. By the way, and one thing people have to, have to realise, it's, it's what we I think we may have forgotten with Vietnam and all that sort of stuff, is... One way that a soldier can get through a war, a war that's not of their making, not of their choice, mm. right? They're just a soldier. You can't humanize your enemy. That's right. You you, you yeah. have to believe that your oh, enemy yeah. Is, yeah, is, you know, uh, corrupt and evil and a monster and you would do all the horrible things to you if you didn't do it to well, them they're first. Out to kill you you know I mean? They're out to kill you too. You know, yeah, like so everyone's you, you have to demonize your your enemy. You have to yeah. dehumanize them because how else can you take someone's life? And how I do want you... to point out, I do want to point this out for the record. In no way are we condoning fucking Nazi Germany. But oh what, no 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 no, we're, saying, talking about, yeah. we're talking about the war in general. War in we're general just is what about we're talking about, and soldiers. And I'm making a very specific comment on the winter war between Russia and Germany. That was a horrific horrific war for civilians for everyone everyone and yeah it was a terrible as you find out there was like cannibalism happening yeah it was terrible i would say that's as close to hell as as we have seen on this planet you know and war is horrific like don't don't let all the yo-jo stuff glamorize that fact like it is the the point i was just trying to make in I, i i've you and i we've never been to war no, never. So I'm certainly not going to sit here and degrade and judge soldiers, even no, if they have done things that I find despicable or I think are horrendous. And I w- I do condemn their actions, but I'm not going to sit there and say I'm mightier than thou and sure. I would never, you know couch. what I mean? Yeah, if, the couch. If, if I was in a war that I would not do that, I don't fucking know what I would do. I have never been put in that situation. I, dude, I know if I went to Nam, I would have been terrified and I would have been trigger happy, and I would have just been living on the fucking edge. You know what I mean? And you put me in World War Two, same thing. Like, I know my personality. I'm not saying I wouldn't go, but I would be a nervous wreck. You know what I mean? As I think a lot of people would. That's why, oh, shit. I can't remember who, who said it. Uh, it was a YouTube video I watched where someone basically said, you know, all these people that like are anti-fascist and all that and, and all that sort of stuff and all that, uh. they would have been Nazis... <laughs> at that time because yeah. everyone thinks that they would have I would have stood against it yeah. no you wouldn't because in everyday life everyone tends to go with the flow yeah it was it was a salutary lesson in, in human sheep that whole thing you know, you it know was... everyone's got this mighty this, this holier than now this mighty than now wow. who as you say can sit there in a chair or you know sit there in the in their lovely college fucking desk and yeah. claim how they would have been better well, in also that situation. they've got the beautiful benefit of hindsight you know what i mean like the beautiful 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 review mirror where they're a long long way from anything that actually happened i think what's more interesting is in modern day conflicts there's so many of them that flare up and we're lucky in Australia that we don't have those conflicts on our landmass because mm. they you quickly would find out that it's fucking chaotic and hellish 
and the media spin stories and, you know, like you can never know who you can rely on when it comes to that kind of stuff these days because the media is as fickle as they come. Um, yeah, we're, we are, to be fair, we are lucky where we live. You know, it's, it's a very peaceful country um, by the standards of a lot of areas of this world, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's not perfect, but we are lucky. And it, and it's I mean, you weren't born here. I was born here. I was lucky. You came here at a relatively young age. You're lucky too. Doesn't mean it's paradise, you know. But you'd rather be here than the Gaza Strip, you know, um, or yeah. Syria. Yeah, well, or, uh, honestly, be probably better to be here than a lot of yeah, a lot of the uh, countries and places. That's right, man. I like, think of some of the shit that goes on in Africa that doesn't even make the news, you know. Oh, dude. Well, yeah, you do. That's the thing. There is so much conflict in the world. There is so much stuff, and 90% of it is not covered. Totally, yeah. No one cares. And if it is covered, it's covered on small-time TV that barely anyone's watching. You know what I mean? It's covered on only the hardcore guy. Most people, people like me, mainstream people, we're not watching that shit. You know what I mean? We just don't have time for it on our doll. Now, so that's covered that. So I don't want to be depressed for the rest of my life. No, no. Like, well, that's right. Yeah. Like, there's only so much like war and mm. shit you can keep reading about without it like affecting. It's why I don't literally live on the internet. It's why I don't sure. do like uh, Facebook and Twitter and what's the sorry X and all that sort of shit X. now because I just find that shit utterly depressing. It is depressing. Now, uh, turning to some good news, Baldur's Gate will be the next big, big live-action game adaption, adaptation, according to a new report with details that Netflix are currently in talks to acquire the rights. This was to Baldur's Gate 3, I think, um, which I'm still to play, but I'm about to start. Now that I finished Assassin's Creed, uh, Connor, uh, I did a, um, a show with Connor um, oh, a couple of nights ago um, for Superman, and... Uh, he actually gave Baldur's Gate 3 a rather middling review, which I said is the first review that I haven't heard of it. People just normally just say much they love it. Oh, no, yeah, look, I mean, the game is not for everyone. I've got a friend who really enjoys it, but um, he does struggle um, wrapping his head around the combat because Mm. it's a game that's so open. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like a game where... You know, it's not like it's like let's say for you like Assassin's Creed, right? Sure. You go to an area and you're like, okay, there's these guards here, here, and here. So yeah. I can take this guard out here by jump, you know, from yeah, yeah. Or jumping off here, and then this guy, and then I'll sneak around the bush. It's not like that. Like, yeah, there's like sneaking, but I was watching someone who was talking about one scenario, right? Like one, uh, it's like a goblin camp, mm-hmm. and you got to rescue someone, and there was like fifty different ways. Jesus. To to do it like you you know what I mean? There's like fifty different scenarios and ways of rescuing that person um in in the in the in That's the game. So many, and man. even with combat, it's like you sometimes you're so used to just like, oh, I attack this person, they attack me and your yeah. brain just you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. how a video game works. But in this you can teleport someone off a cliff or push them off a bridge. You know what I mean? You don't just attack you can levitate a, a, a barrel and use it as... A, you know what I mean? Like, even just the combat, you've got to almost, like, stop and and just go, what the fuck can I do? Like, mm. and, and, and not... And you've got to unnarrow your mind. Because so many games you play, the combat's very narrow. Yeah, definitely. 
So I'm it is. I'm probably also going to struggle when I when I when I uh, eventually get it. I'm probably also going to struggle because even when I played um, Divinity Two, yes, you know, I'd I'd like to when I did a section and I finished, I go, I fuck, I could have done this. Mm. Oh my god, I have the spell. Why didn't I use that to throw this character across the bridge? And then I could have got that treasure. You know what I mean? Like because your brain doesn't almost like think outside the box that much when they play a video game. Do you know what I mean? Uh, dude, I think like, I'm, I'm going to be in you, real you trouble. Much freedom in a game. I'm going to be in real trouble because I, I, I must admit, I like I'm so used to my Assassin's Creed, and I guess I played a shit ton of Witcher before that, which is more complex than Assassin's Creed. But this is going to be this could be a learning curve for Davey, but I'm determined to do it because. Um, you know, I, I he he was saying it's nothing like the original two. He was saying like, no, no, no. no. This is this is Baldur's Gate done Larian style. Right. So if you've played Divinity one and two, mm. then you'll understand and you'll you'll probably love I've it. A tiny bit of that. If you've played Baldur's one and two, yes. Here's okay. So here's the thing: if you are a fan of Baldur's Gate one and two, I don't actually recommend Baldur's Gate three. What I recommend for you is um, Pathfinder mm-hmm. and Pillars of Eternity. Okay. So if you like the Baldur's Gate, because Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, it's it's real-time combat with like a pause function. So, the you know what I mean? It's like you tell the yeah, characters yeah, back yeah, and yeah, they yeah. just keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3, just like Divinity 1 and 2, is turn-based. Okay. So when a battle begins, everyone has a turn. So it's almost like chess in a way. Do you know what I mean? Each each yeah. character has a turn, and then you've got to wait their turn again. So yes, Baldur's Gate three is nothing like Baldur's Gate one and two. So are you it saying Baldur's like Gate three is turn based? Is that what you're saying? Baldur's Gate three by Larry and Studios is turn based. Yes, I'm okay with that because I remember back in the um, original SSI days that that they were turn based too. I used to love that. Yeah. So I, I definitely if if. So that, that's my recommendation. If anyone hasn't played uh, Baldur's Gate 3 yet or is not familiar with Larian Studios, if you want more of a Baldur's Gate experience, I would definitely recommend Pillars of Eternity, okay. uh, 1 and 2, and um, the the Pathfinder stuff. And here's another question, just to wrap this up. I don't remember a lot about the story, to be brutally honest. Um you know, I mean, I know there was a big bad, but I don't really remember what happened. Like, do I need to remember that or does it not matter? What the story of Baldur's Gate? Like I don't really no, remember. No, no, yeah. I, I, it's, I, I think it's, it's its own story. Oh, well, that's good because I, I, I mean, I must admit, I just have no memory of it other than there was a big bad guy. You know, um, that's cool. Like, which I think was kind of yourself at the end from memory. It was almost like a demonic version of yourself or something. It was kind of a bit um, intense. I, I'm going to play it because I. I, I, you know, I love my D and D and stuff. And um, oh, but I the, think if I think if I remember Baldur's Gate, when you were supposed to be like the reincarnation of the bad guy or something like that, mm, something like that. Okay, well, we'll see. Now you've got some news about Steve Dicto. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, apparently, so he's not a nephew. Yeah, I, I think maybe like a nephew or something like that. Um, was suing on his behalf or his the state's behalf. Yeah, they were obviously suing Marvel um, uh, for the the Spider Man and Doctor Strange sort of rights and all that. Yeah. Um, uh, but apparently they've come to a an outcome 
um, undisclosed amount or or even what the outcome is, but apparently Marvel is allowed to now keep full rights to Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. I'd love to know what know what the number is because they gave a fairly big number, I think, to Jack Kirby's estate. I mean, it would have to be um, it would have to be pretty substantial for you to drop your yeah your yeah. claim, right? Like it would have to be like okay, well, that's something we're willing to to walk away from. Um, yeah. But now it does mean um, so I so I honestly didn't actually know that this. Well, maybe I knew it. I forgot about it because I think it's been going for a while now. Yeah. I think it's for a couple of years. Um, this might explain why there's been such a massive Miles Morales push. <laughs> True. No, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, this now maybe now that I, I realize, oh shit, hang on, this there was this yeah th- this court case going on. Maybe I'm like, oh, so that's why we're oh, you know yeah. they like Miles can become the face of the Spider-Man games. Why Spider Verse? You know, oh, yeah. Miles and all that sort of stuff and all that because they were maybe concerned that they wouldn't have the full rights. Exactly, they thought they might have to profit share, but, but they've, 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 you know they've they've settled on the courtroom steps again, which is what they do, and all you have to hope is that the checkbook was big enough. I think it would have to be fairly substantial due to how big the Marvel well, properties have become. It's Doctor Strange and Spider Man. Yes, and the fact is the Marvel properties now um, those figures of the movies, uh, Doctor Strange as well as Spider Man, are really you know. Commanding a high price. Yeah, Doctor Strange, he's now been elevated. He has, yeah. So thanks to the the MCU, Doctor Strange is now a household name. Yeah, no, the best thing that happened to the Ditko estate is actually probably the popularity of the movies and Mm. just the brand recognition and, oh, good luck to them. Like, fuck fuck them. Like, I bleed Disney for as much as you can fucking get, you know? Because, (laughs) like, I, I just honestly, like... They're a, they're a fat corporate that buys IP, and they they have to shed what ten to twenty million at most. I don't fucking care. Good, you know what I mean. I, I hope it was ten times that much. You know, because um, really that's all they do. They pillage IP, and they store IP, and they monetize IP, and that's how they view it. And they're all about content. And if you, we're being brutally cynical, I'm not saying there's not good Disney movies. Of course there is, but we're being totally cynical. That's what they do. You know, and the fact that they've had to open up a fucking checkbook after probably trying to um, keep it in court and spend lawyers' costs and try to and try to bleed the other side out, which is was, we know that is what they do. That's their tactic. The fact that they've actually had to hit a number, good. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fuck them. I'll always be on the creative side for that because I just think it's ridiculous. But anyway. That was good news. Now you've got you are on a streak, Rich. You've got some more Hannibal news. You've really got me invested in this. Now, what's going on with Hannibal now, Rich? Right. So, uh, do you remember when uh, they did the Black Cleopatra, or vaguely, yes, half Black uh, Cleopatra in that uh, Jada Pinkett Smith bullshit? What did Jada Pinkett um, Smith play Cleopatra? No, but she was the one behind the show. I see. Right. Okay. Yes. Um. So anyway. Now, of you remember, Egypt were getting up in arms, Vaguely, and, yes. you know, and they were like complaining, and they wanted, <laughs> you know, sue in and all this sort of stuff because they felt like it was um, changing their history. What did they want? They wanted a wider version, did they, or a, 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 a Arabic version? Or something? They wanted um, at least someone who looked Greek, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, I don't think they were like it has to be Greek, but they wanted someone who looked at least more. Like Greek. Anyway, yeah. now it looks like um, Tunisia 
Tunisia. Uh, is is not happy with Netflix uh, costing Denzel as Hannibal. Um, <laughs> Denzel's in hot Just water. like Egypt, they see it as a corruption of their history and accusing wow. Netflix of woke politics. And then I've put it here, I think American studios need to remember that the world exists outside of America and other countries want to see fair uh, representation yeah. of their history. Because this is the problem sure. with... Look, okay, if you're the BBC, right? You're British. Yep. If you decide that you want to make a, a, a white queen black. Sure. Okay, it's your history. You're British. Yeah, yeah, You're yeah. the BBC. If you want to go down that road, I mean, it's your decision. They did that not in that show. Not, not the show watch. like it, but, but, you know, hey, it's your history. Bridgerton. That's what they did that in. Yeah, like, well, they've done it with a, a few stuff now. Okay. But I think you've got to, you've got to remember... When you're not going to make a movie about not your history, yeah, then you might need to stop and say, "Hey guys, maybe we should try and do this accurately because we don't really want to piss off like you know the yeah. the people whose history we're and trying to make a." Correct me if I'm wrong. Was Carthage in Tunisia, like modern day Tunisia? Is that where Carthage was? So they, so they believe that that is where um, uh, Tunisia. They believe is where uh, Hannibal's sort of origins are from it's like right. sort of the area that he's from and all that but again he was also greek this this is the problem with a lot of people have when they go oh but it, it was in africa yes yeah and britain also conquered india doesn't make all sudden british well, people I, indian true I, I would have thought that making him um and i don't really care that denzel's playing him i like denzel but Making him more of a Spanish look, like a swarthy look, might have been a good move as well. You know, because I know he, he campaigned a lot in well, Spain. I, I, look, I don't mind someone olive skin just because that's kind of what that area was hmm. was a bit more like. So, I mean, I don't really care whether it's Spanish. It just looks someone's probably a bit of olive skin, a little bit of curl, you know, a bit of curl in the hair because I think, you know, Greeks, when they have the long hair, can be a bit curly. What, what, um, were they Greek, though, the Carthaginians? They were Mediterranean. I, I, I don't actually know. I mean, people come from that, you know, whether it's like uh, Macedonian, Hellenic, Greek, you yeah, know, yeah. Uh, it's like it's all in that area. You know, they all kind sure. of come from that sure. that origin. I mean, you've got to remember that um, uh, a, a lot of people believe that Greeks sort of founded Rome. Uh, Italy. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, there's the whole legend. You know, so they're all from that area. So when you say Carthaginian or when you say, mm. you know, it's all from that sort of that same area, that same Mediterranean well, it's, sort it's, of... it's interesting that the country that he technically, you know, modern day, where he comes from, quote unquote, is complaining. Because to me, that has some justification, you know, in my in but, my it, but this is what people need to understand. People love their history. Sure. Like, it doesn't matter if it's an African country, an Egyptian country, a Middle Eastern country. If the history says this is what the person is, then I think those com countries want to see that done correctly. I agree with you, man. Um, mind you, I'm part of the problem because I'm perfectly happy with Denzel playing Cannibal. I don't care that much. But, but again, but, but listen, I'm equal, though, because, I, and you know, you, you heard me on the show complaining about um, oh. Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Right, I just I, I I love I love people when they try and get accuracy. You know what I mean? But what do you want a Frenchman? Do you want a Frenchman? Actually, can I be honest with you? I would have actually loved if 
the movie was in English, but if people had French accents and German accents and Russian accents, didn't they? In, but the, no, everyone just kind of spoke English. You know what I mean? It's very really? like that proper English. Sort of oh, stuff they didn't do the the accent like but it's not. But look, I understand you're making it for an English audience, so yeah. it's going to be English. But Joaquin Phoenix doesn't look anything like the, the, Napoleon. The worst example of that was in Valkyrie with Tom Cruise with the American accent. Yeah, yeah, like. You know what I mean? I just, just made no sense. I, I understand that, I, look, I understand that you're going to embellish, right? Yeah. We've had this conversation. I understand you're going to embellish because you're still making a movie and you want to entertain people and you might sort of bend. But as long as you maybe try and go for like accuracy in your casting, try and get people that kind of look. Well, like, I, like I liked I liked people. Valkyrie, but Tom Cruise has such a broad American accent that was just it was yeah. kind of it was... Listen, hey, the best example is Sean Connery as a Russian. Yeah. He was good. <laughs> yeah, but come on. Like, <laughs> it was so ridiculous that, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. They got Sean Connery, and here's this, like... Yeah, I was, I was, he was good, though. Yeah. He was good in that movie, Hunt for Red October. Oh, look, it was a great movie. Uh, Hunt for Red October is a great movie, but it's still weird to see... Sure, yeah. <laughs> it's weird to see Sean Connery play a Russian. Though. The worst example for me was John Wayne in, in The Conqueror. Genghis Khan, the Conqueror. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that oh yeah, that's, that's like that. Well, I mean, in more, more in, I was thinking more in my time. No, you, the Sean Connery example is also good. I think he saved because it's such a brilliant movie and he's so good in it that you sort of I, I overlooked it. But you are right. It's not like he um and Sean Connery only had you know, he always did his voice. You know, like he never did an accent or anything. He always did the Sean Connery voice. You know, which is what he was famous for. So. Great stuff. Uh, did you want? Yeah, but yeah, I, I just thought it was funny. Just thought it was funny that it's... another country's complaining about. I love it. No, I, I love <laughs> it because it it just puts a bit of heat back on them. It's never going to change anything because this is Denzel's personal pet project. He's probably been waiting for ten years to do this. You know, like mm-hmm. he probably, in all fairness to Denzel Washington, he probably gives more of a shit about Hannibal than almost anyone on the planet. You know what I mean? Like he's yeah. this. This would be a, a passion project, which he's probably invested quite a bit of cash in. So. Look, I'm down. I, I just hope it's good. My bigger problem, honestly, is the age of Denzel. I, I just don't understand how... I mean, he's pretty old now. He looks old. You know, like, you, you know, when actors get to a certain point, he looks like he's 60, which he is. He, he looks that age now. And, and I just... To me, Hannibal, when I think of Hannibal, I think of a guy in his 30s. You know, like a, a very... A leader from the front, which is what he was. Um, very smart guy which I know Denzel will pull off, but also physical, like, you're brave, you know. He was he, kind of like Alexander the Great. Like, he wasn't far from the front line, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't, like, sitting back in his wolf's lair moving chess pieces. He was out there on the battlefield. Um, that's my bigger problem with Denzel playing him. Could they de-age him? I think that could be a solution. Um, yeah, but Jesus Christ, man, that's so much money to do that, and it never looks... Never looks perfect. 100% right. Never looks perfect. I agree. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Dune Part 2 um, had the trailer. I think it looks excellent. This, The second half of the Dune book, which is exactly where this second half of the movie is taking off, that's where the book really comes alive, Rich. And I'm telling you, so much cool stuff happens in the second half of the Dune book. Um, the first half is all set up, and it's intricate, which is what the first movie was. The second half, it goes fucking crazy. He gets the Freeman, he builds the army, yada, 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 fights the Emperor's Elite. It's awesome. Um, where are you on it, Rich? Um, Come on. Who? <laughs> I don't what? know. I mean, I'm not a big June fan. Yeah, that's a problem. 
What happens? I just find the whole thing boring. It is slightly boring, but it's also pretty awesome. Like the first, the first, I'd say four books are, are pretty brilliant, and then they taper off pretty badly. But I, mm. I, I, I think for me, I read them so many times in my teenage years that I'm just so indoctrinated. It's like Lord of the Rings. I probably read them all ten times. It gets into my brain. Like when I was watching that first movie. I knew it beat for beat because I knew the storyline from the books. Mm. And, I, and, I, and I must admit, I was very uh, surprised in a good way that the filmmaker, you could tell he loved the book because he was... Oh, he, beautiful visuals. Like, he, you know, he adds in his own vision, don't get me wrong, but he knew the book and he was paying homage to it with all the different beats, like delicate beats that I'm like, man, this is a guy who knows his book backwards, you know? Mm. Um but all the good stuff happens in the second half. Like, all the all the fighting, all the cool shit with the sandworms, um, the spice. You see his eyes, how they go all blue. Um, bring it oh, on. Yeah. Oh, bring it on, well, dude. The, the, also, but another problem for me, like, with the movies, right, mm. uh, is I don't feel a connection to a lot of modern actors. Like, they don't, like... Really? A lot of modern actors today don't do anything for me. So your Zadeas, your mm. what's the what's the guy's name that's, that's playing Shala, the main character? Timothy Shalalama, whatever his name is. Yeah. Like they don't do anything for me. They don't. I don't see them and go, oh fuck yeah, I've got to see this movie. Mm. And it's the same. This uh, okay. The only person in this movie that maybe is um, oh, fuck man, what's the guy? Meth, uh, what's the guy that played um, Thanos? Uh, uh, oh God, what is his name? Uh, Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Like, yeah. Cool. I like Josh Brolin, but I mean, it's not like he's the main character in this. In the no, thing. he's one of the sidekicks. And, and what's 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 the what's the what's that guy's name? That's literally fucking everything now. Mm-hmm. Um, give me a clue. Uh, give me a clue, Rich. What's uh, he? I think he's playing the father. Um, oh yeah, um, I, Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac, fuck, man. He does nothing for but him, he but dies, he's in everything. But he dies, dude. He's out no, of no. I, Dude, I'm not talking about... I'm not talking about the characters they play the way. I'm talking about them as actors. Oh, you don't like him? See, I they like him. He's got that intense They don't style. do anything for me. I wow. don't... I don't even get excited when I see them in a movie. I don't... Yeah. I don't go, oh, wow, look at the star-studded fucking cast. I just go, oh, don't care, don't care, don't care. Oh, yeah, okay. Okay, don't care, don't care. Like, but I think that... I think... I hear what you're saying. I think in a movie like that, it's not so much about the actors. I think the story and the set pieces and everything. Like I don't know, man. I, I'm. The problem is, is they 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 portray it as a star-studded cast. Yeah, I hear you. And when you market it as a star-studded cast, and I literally don't care about it's any not, of the stars. We, it's not it's, like Sean Connery. Sean Connery on screen had a presence. You know, we mentioned him just before. Harrison Ford in his glory days had mm. a presence. I, I get what you mean. These people aren't commanding the screen like those guys. Um, dare I say it? David Jansen had a presence in The Fugitive. You know, um, <laughs> well, you know, Tom Cruise. <laughs> That's a nice little uh, segue there. Frank Sinatra. I mean, I could name a list of people. You, I, I get what you're saying, and you're not wrong. You know, Zendaya, uh, pretty girl, de- decent actress, um, but really, honestly, you know, like. You know nothing incredible, like in terms of acting. You know what I mean? Like I've never, I've never watched her and been like, oh my god. Like it's more like, yeah, you know, decent. You know, does the job. I think this movie's going to test her because the second half is where everything happens with the Freeman and stuff um, mm. who live in the you sand. Know, you know who I'm slowly coming around on is uh, Zac Efron. 
Jesus. Since he's had his fucking um, chin surgery. Oh, okay. Look, I don't know, but I just saw recently, so he's got a movie coming out. Mm. Um, I think it's called The Claw, and it's a, it's a wrestler biography sort of movie uh-huh. um, about this sort of wrestling family from, you know, like, um, this is like pre-fucking WWE days, mm. um, where basically almost every single, there was like four sons, I think it was, and it was like a wrestling family, and like all four of the sons committed suicide. Wow. Not together, like at Jesus. different times. That's that's dark, but 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 I'm saying like I'm like when I look at that I go okay it's like I feel like he's doing, you know he's not just doing like pretty boy, yeah sort of movies I feel like he's you know he's trying to like um, I'm not saying I'm a fan but I'm having a little bit more respect because I think he's taking risks I think he's sure. trying yeah, different yeah, things and he's he's taking a bit more risks and doing things that are a bit more low you know what I mean like maybe not big budget or. Yeah. Or anything like that, but maybe things that are a bit more, yeah, you know, maybe a bit more dark, a bit more Have real. Have you seen his um, chin, how it's all changed? Like, his whole face has changed massively over the last couple of years. Was well, he giving himself a, because he never really had much of a chin to. Oh, dude, he's got a chin now that is seriously okay. like the king of chins. And I will. I will have to. I'll have it's, to look. It's up. almost hilarious. It's it's in that wrestling stuff. Like it's in. It it's looks in, unrecognizable in the trailer. So I guess the dude is fucking jacked I, as hell. I, I'm all down for June. I'm going to give a massive review of it on the on the signal. Um, that's for sure. I'm going to rewatch the first one because I've got my break coming up. So I've got some time time on my hands because um, this is the last show for for a few weeks. Um, we're going to have probably at least three weeks off and um, just kind of recharge the batteries. And poor Richard's got to get through Christmas. You know, mm-hmm. seriously, and not go postal. We don't want Rich just hey, taking. I've got, to, I've got to get through the Christmas retail. I've got to get through my girlfriend wanting to watch a Christmas movie all of fucking what, next week. Which one? Christmas Vacation and Chevy Chase. To watch, she wants. Listen, mate, I'm gonna to have to watch a fucking Christmas movie every night. Oh gee. For the next for the next week. For the Grinch, the Grinch has to watch a Christmas movie. Good to hear. Good to hear. I'm... Some of them. I mean, Jesus Christ, Bill Murray's Scrooge is fantastic. What about that Christmas uh, Vacation uh, with Chevy Chase? That's my favorite. No. My favorite, no. my favorite Christmas movie is uh, White Christmas. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, with, yeah. yeah, that's a classic. That's the darling. But what about um, Muppets Christmas Carol? Yeah, I yeah, I like that too. I enjoy it too. But I mean, but the funny is, is that like the Scrooge is done so off so much. Sure. It's kind of why I like Bill Murray's Scrooged. Yeah, because cool it's Scrooge within Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. It's so method, you know what I mean? Like they're literally making a Scrooge, like tele, um, a live televised sort of thing, and then he's literally living the Scrooge <laughs> shit in like a modern way. It's so fantastic. It's so meta. I, lo- I just love that movie. It is good. Um, now Hasbro Rich, uh, apparently mm. they're laying off over eleven hundred workers just in time for Christmas. This is in addition to the 800 jobs cut earlier this year, amounting to over 20% of its workforce. Uh, the cuts are said to be due to lacklustre toy sales. <laughs> Hasbro CEO Zach Tam was unavailable for content comment as he was too busy swimming in his vault of billions of gold coins, which Hasbro brought in with its record sales of Wizards of the Coast merchandise. Um, what do you think, man? That's not good news for Hasbro. Like, that's, you know, that's troubling. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it, it makes you wonder, hey, because uh, it's 
it's like the same with like like comic books and all that. Like mm. we keep hearing about like how oh my god D and D's never been more popular. Sure, it's fucking bringing in billions of dollars, and then next minute you hear that Lays. you know Hasbro's laying off thousand plus workers. Yeah, right, including from the 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 Dungeons and Dragons, the Wizards of the Coast sort of yeah area, and then you think to yourself, okay, well then. How how well is it raking in money? Because you would think that if if Wizards of the Coast was raking in so much money that they would be untouched. Yeah. That, yeah okay, fine. Hasbro, the toy side, mm. yeah, they're having a few layoffs. They're not doing well the toys, but Jesus, Wizards of the Coast doing so well, untouched. Yeah, they I, can I, they can I, keep going I as planned. They're that... raking it in. Are they then though? If that's what's happening, I think that um, Hasbro took a real bath with a D and D movie. I think that they lost. If you go to the stores, there is a ton of Honor Among Thieves merchandise still there on shelves, on pegs. It's everywhere. And this is in Australia, and we traditionally, you know, our fucking distribution is spotty, to say the least, with this stuff. But I think we, we know the movie barely broke even. I think that they there was a lot of money lost on that movie. And I say that Dude, liking the movie. You know? Seriously, they should have done, I kid you not, they should have done a live-action movie of the the cartoon the kids cartoon yeah oh i would love it yeah because one that would have brought in the the us sure you know the people our age yeah who who grew up on that or knew that or, or, or sort of watched it in Definitely. our sort of yeah uh, kid and teen years hmm. we would have been oh i've got to say that and if us got kids we'd take our kids to go see that and then you go oh, that would have been a really good sort of generational sort of gap because the fans of that, like your D&D and the fans of that cartoon show or just fond memories of it, would go to watch it and they'd take their kids and all that sort of stuff to go watch it and mm. and stuff. I would have loved to have seen them do a live action. Like, if you were going to go the sort of the more goofy, mm. comedic, not too serious sort of route, well, I, I, that's the route I would have gone. Well, remember in the movie, you see the kids, you know? You, you, you actually do see the kids in the maze, yeah. remember? Yeah, um, but I mean, it's so so brief. Uh, but it's cool. But like, it is cool. Yeah. But then it just makes like me and and you. It just makes us pine for that. Yeah, I know. I know, dude. Uh, they they should do a lot more. Like, I honestly think if like if obviously the fucking you know the press will tell you D and D is obviously doing okay. You know, like it's 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 in good sort of how can I say it's 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 in the zeitgeist. Why they aren't spamming us with more D and D like cartoons and stuff? I don't understand. Like when it, w w you know, if ever there was a time to strike, like why do the guys at Vox Machina have their own ripoff going perfectly nicely, but D and D cartoons nowhere to be seen? You know, like it makes no yeah, sense. I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about it. We've had a a terrible remake of Shira. Tell you. We've had a terrible continuation of Masters of the Universe, He-Man. Yeah. Um, what else has there been? Oh, terrible Thundercats. Yeah. Oh, that was awful. Thundercats Raw. You know, but yet, D yeah, as you say, D&D &D has a cartoon show that was popular back in the day. Yeah. But you're not doing a new version of that as a cartoon, you know, for like the new generation or the kids or whatever, or they're like, wow, it's popular now. Why don't we redo the... Well, they should because... Why, why don't we have another crack of the cartoon? Or were ever told... And, and you know, potentially this is, um, you know, a bit of white lies being told by the P PR people, but all we're ever told is, like, D&D's never been more cool. 
It's in the zeitgeist, this, that, and the other. Um, I know the movie didn't do fantastic business, but it didn't totally bomb. It, it kind of broke even. Well, I, it did, well, it didn't flop, but it didn't do well. No, no, no. It was it was very middling in its financial performance. But what I'm saying is, I would I would at least have commissioned a cartoon series, at least, you know, um, mm. because why not? Why the fuck not? Like, you want to make money. It's never going to get any hotter. You know what I mean? In terms of in the zeitgeist, like. Yeah. It will well, move away. They certainly didn't plan. I mean, look, I'll say this. One great thing that came out of the Green Lantern movie was the Green Lantern cartoon. Yeah. So only lasted two seasons, but because they were doing a Green Lantern movie, they had a they would they they had Green Lantern cartoon basically ready to go. Mm. Because obviously they were hoping that the Green Lantern movie was going to be successful. Yeah. Um but and it was done by Bruce Tim. <coughs> and you know, they had that ready to go. Now, yeah, the movie bombed, but you know what? The the animated show was actually fucking great. Mm. It, was, it was fantastic, actually. Um, and so I got that. So I didn't get the Green Lantern movie that I wanted, but I got two seasons of a really great Green Lantern. I remember you loved show. it, man. I remember you absolutely loved that cartoon. Oh, yeah, I got them on DVD and everything. I, it's, it's fantastic. It's the best. To me, it's the yeah. best Green Lantern and non-comic book stuff they've done. Are you with me sometimes? Like... You get to that point where you're like, well, at least I fucking got this. So even if they fuck everything else up, you know? I hate the movie, but at least I got that cartoon show, man. And I love that cartoon show. They got the voice just right. Um, uh, The the guy that does Hal Jordan in that was absolutely fantastic as Hal Jordan. Yeah, was it your Um, boy Nathan Fillion or was it someone else? No, 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 no. Um, Josh Keaton, I think, uh, is the voice actor's name. Okay. Um, he, uh, in fact, he also does uh, Anduin Rin in uh, World of Warcraft. Um, he's done a lot of voice acting. I think he may have done Spider-Man at one point as well in okay. one of the cartoons, maybe. Cool. Well, Hasbro, I think, are, <coughs> there's something going on. I hope this doesn't interfere with the G.I. Joe classified line. I, I don't think it will. I think it's doing okay. I know they've brought back cool. O-Rings. I don't know if we have this later on, but it looks like Hasbro is getting McFarlane. Really? To, to do toys for them now as well. Wow, McFarlane's really cleaning up. Yeah, they've just signed a they've just signed a, a deal because again, that's them uh, um, getting someone else to fucking mm. uh, spend the money to make it. Well, uh, yes, and the big thing for GI Joe collectors, guys like me love the classifieds, but the guys who were and, and gals who were around in the eighties, they've been calling for O rings for a long time, and they've now got Super Seven to do the O rings. So Hasbro are basically licensing it out, it's going to be available at Hasbro Pulse and elsewhere, so they're in an official partnership with Super 7 to do O-Rings now, um, which is a big thing, which hardcore Joe, you know, fanatics, yo Joe, um, have been calling for for years, like they're hungry for it, these guys, these guys are fucking starving man, they're in the desert, they're starving, you know, and again, yeah, Hasbro um, licensing it out, and um, so... Yeah, they're obviously bleeding money. I, I, I just, I'd love to know. I, I guess the thing is, when you invest heavily in something, if the line bombs, you do take a real bath. You can lose hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of dollars. Like, so something like I'm sure there's other problems than just the D and D movie, but I, I guarantee you, they lost a lot of money in real terms in, on their balance sheet. You know what I mean? Like on that movie and probably some other things didn't go their way. Maybe their magic sales are down and whatever else. Mm. Um, well, yeah. look, I mean, but, but again, it goes back to the, I, look, I don't think you should try and build a movie universe, right? Off a movie. Yeah. 
but with something like D&D, I think you should have had a cartoon show ready to go. I agree. Right? Either when the movie's launched or even just a little bit before the movie. Um, because what you might happen is, okay, yes, maybe the movie isn't successful, but the cartoon show does well enough mm. that then maybe the movie does well because then people go, oh, wow, it's actually pretty cool. I'm going to buy the DVD the, or the Blu-ray of the movie because, you know what, these characters are actually pretty cool. I love them in the you know, because they should have had the cartoon show of these characters. Mm. Maybe a continuation or something like that or even just filling in their backstories because that would have tied and I think just helped or just given you alternative. Now, it could have bombed both ways, but if you wait for, a, like, if you got this movie, which, again, lends itself to a cartoon show. Sure, yeah. Right, the other properties. If you don't have it ready to go there, hmm. it's too late even if the movie's successful. Okay. So let's say the movie's really successful. Now you're like, oh, let's scramble, let's make a cartoon show. But guess what? It takes years to make that. Yeah. Right? And by then, the iron's cold, man. You haven't struck while it's hot. No. So sometimes you've got to take a risk. You've got to take a the, chance. The, the, you know op- what I mean? the like, opposite of striking hot, striking very fucking cold. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, back in the hammer. And can I say, while we're talking about cartoon shows, what about a G.I. Joe cartoon, please? Could I get that? You know, who do oh, I have Jesus. to... Oh, well, Jesus. The last one was 2000s, wasn't it? Oh, like, it was G.I. Joe Renegades, I think it was Renegades, called? which I do enjoy, um, although I have some issues with the animation. Um, it is enjoyable to watch. Um, mm. There was Retaliation, I believe, that Warren Ellis one, mm. which I never watched, um, so I can't comment on it, but I know some people love it, although Warren Ellis, of course... There's a comment from him on his um, Wikipedia. Never watched G.I. Joe, never bought a figure, know nothing about it, hate it. Um, I was told just to do my own thing, and that's what I did. And it's like, thanks, Warren Ellis, for that comment. You know, you just couldn't couldn't help yourself, could you? Had to just tell us all how much you hate it. You well, know, obviously, someone's not getting any royalties. Yeah, you had to just take a giant <laughs> shit on G.I. Joe before, you know. Like, <laughs> fuck you. Apparently, it's quite good, though. So... Uh, apparently his version is actually pretty good. But Renegades, I think, is fun. Look, I'm, am I, like, do I prefer the 80s cartoon? Yes, um, <laughs> by a long way. But I, I think it's a crime that if they don't want to take the, the sort of, what do you call it, like, risk themselves, well, can't you, you know, share the wealth and, and share it with someone else? Like, you know what I mean? Well, like, they could have gone to Netflix. They could have gone to Netflix and said, hey, we've got a movie, we're working on it. Here's the characters. Here's the designs. Yeah, yeah. Can you can you do a Netflix cartoon show? Well, and Netflix is pumping out shit constantly. Yeah, man. Dave needs Yo Joe cartoon in his lifetime. I I pray to sweet baby Jesus that I get one by the end of next year, end of twenty twenty five. So mm. two years. Keep praying. Keep praying. I, I rarely pray. It's hilarious that one I've bothered to actually pray, and it's not much of a prayer that I'm praying for a Joe Joe cartoon. <laughs> like, that's You're a simple man, dude. That's all I got. Um, some people pray for world peace. I'm praying for a G.I. Joe cartoon. Now, you've brought us some hot, spicy news about Mark Millar. What's going on? Spicy meatball. Okay, so last week we were talking about uh, that um, comic book owner, yes. uh, store owner, yes, who yes, made yes. that video and yeah. was being attacked by um i recall that apparently what has been they've been dubbed cancel pigs now that's hilarious um uh, i don't know who coined it but i have seen uh mark millar um use it i love it i love (laughs) it anyway so he did a podcast recently or 
well, his own podcast, where he actually invited a few long-time retail owners okay. um, on just to sort of, you know, have like a roundtable discussion, yeah. get different sort of points of view and all that sort of stuff and all that. So it wasn't like a dog pile, you know, it was it was different points of view, different um, reasons and experiences and all that sort of shit. And sure. um, it was pretty, pretty good. It was pretty, you know... One of those things where you agree with some things or you don't agree with, you know what I mean, but pretty pretty open-ended. Anyway, and obviously, you know, now Mark Millar, like, Mark Millar doesn't do comics anymore, really, right? Like, he's like an entertainer guy now. So the fact that he's even just trying to, like, help and try and figure out what's the problem with comics, do you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Is kind of cool, you know what I mean? I'm not saying he's going to save comics, but the fact that he's even just trying to, like, salvage... That he's bothering to interest. I mean, he does do comics and, on at Dark Horse. No, but I mean, not, not like he used to. No, like, no, he's not, yeah. like, pumping out shit. He's, he's got his Netflix deals yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. and crap and all that. So, you know what I mean? He's he's not dependent on comics, is what I'm saying. It's he's like McFarlane shit that... has got other interests kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and, and one of the things is, is you know, as he says, there's got to be a bit more, you know, maybe some common ground, you know what I mean? Um, one of the things I think he said was something that's a shame is that the the business has just basically got rid of all the the old talent. Yeah. Right. For whatever reasons, whether they just don't, they feel like they're too old, mm. nothing to offer or because they've got the wrong politics, sure. they lean the right way or the wrong way. Mm. Well, that's not the right way or wrong way. Um, but he said, but the problem with that is all these older guards should be editors, mm. you know? So like he said, like, imagine like, um, uh, Chuck, mm. right. Mm. Being in charge of Batman, right. I'd so he's it. like, he's not the writer, but he's the Batman editor. So he's overseen mm. the, some of the younger guys and, and he knows the character so well that he can ensure that, you know. The stuff's up to scratch, and then you know uh, J.M. Dimitrius. Imagine J.M. Dimitrius is the um, you, you put him in charge of the Spider-Man, you know, mm. sort of uh, editor, and he's overseen, yeah, you know, the new Spider. So basically, his thing was like really like the older god. They shouldn't just be brought back in every now and again to try and you know hammer out a fucking non-consequential story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? They should be involved and helping, and you know, and as he says, the big problem is that. Everything's over Zoom now. You know what I mean? No one, you know, it's, it's, you don't have the bullpit anymore. You don't have like the pen where, you know, people can swap ideas and help each other, and you know what I mean, and get that sort of one on one. So I guess it's even more important to have the older guard mm. there to sort of help, mm. um, you know, guide and do things in the right direction. Anyway, that did not sit well with um, with what? old Mark Wade. Oh, what does Mark Wade have to say? Jesus Christ! So Mark Wade went on a massive sort of tirade and he was accusing Miller of like um Ugh. you know accusing Miller of, of attacking Gail Simone and oh all this sort of stuff and all that sort of crap and and this is something interesting that he said and this just to show you why it's this is really is an uphill battle to to yeah. save comics and maybe why comics is unsavable right yeah. he said in to when some people were questioning him and asking him stuff online mm. his response to one tweet was, I don't know what you call it, X tweet, X or whatever, Yeah. that it is better to let the comic book industry burn oh. than work with the alt-right to save comics. Oh. So he sees everyone like Ethan, Chuck, oh, yeah. you know, oh, God, all these go, all these yeah. people, he sees them as alt-right. And yeah. it is far better to let comics burn than to How work with How does this prick not get a punch yeah. in the mouth sometimes? You know, he, he yeah. talks a lot of shit. 
He really does. Like, I know he's an I old man, but you, fuck him, you know? But I ask you, Sorry. with someone like that being in a, in a position uh, of seniority, right? Yeah, he's Who a baby. He's technically there to help the younger crowd as well, you know? Yeah. To offer them wisdom. If that's the attitude that he has, what hope does comics have? Well, he's always been a little bitch at the end of the day. Great writer, but he's been a bit of a little bitch, and that's continued, you know. Uh, like, also, it's so unnecessary. Like, you would honestly think, you would the way Mark Wade pontificates, you, you, you honestly would think we're working in, like, Nazi Germany or something. Like, it's just, yep. he's yep. so over the fucking top. It's ridiculous. Like, you're making comics, but, but Mark Wade. Is- this is also the danger of of um, of painting people you don't agree with as the worst people on the planet. Sure. How can you find common ground? Yeah. Because sure. you can't you can't step back. If if you are literally saying that you know people like Chuck and 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 Ethan and and all that sort of stuff, all all you know all the artists and the writers who have been sort of ostracized. Yeah. If you're saying they are literally equal to Hitler. If you said they are literally equal to Nazis, it's offensive and white supremacists. No, but not is it offensive? How can you? How can you step back from that? Yeah, I, well, I, you've, you've painted yourself into a corner because now all your fans, if you now try and cross the, you know, cross the bridge, cross the aisle, mm. try and meet in the middle, they're going to say, "Hang on, yeah, you said they were literally Hitler. How can you work <laughs> with them? How can you work with Hitler? You creep." But do you know what I mean? Like, and this is why yeah, it's I so stupid it. to paint people you don't agree with mm. as the worst things on the planet because you got nowhere to go from there, mate. Like, you are, you have painted yourself into a corner, and now you've got to live by that by that statement. You you got to live and die by that statement well, because I, you're such the, an idiot. You're too hyperbolic. The impression I've got with Mark White, who I do think is actually a very good writer uh, and certainly has produced some excellent work, he. I, I, I'm being cynical here. I honestly think some of it is a desperate desire to remain relevant and keep his jobs. I really do. I think he's... Like, he may not admit that, but I, I just feel he protests a bit too much. You know? Um, he, called, he called Mark Miller a fading star. Wow. Well, he hey, just takes one to no one. Takes again. one to no one, Mark Wade. I was going to say, I think I, I sense a bit of projection there. I would say if Mark Millar is certainly nowhere near as faded as Mark Wade. Mark Wade, at times, over the last 10 years, has produced some extraordinarily poor work. Very poor. Um, I don't think he's got a tenth of the development deals that Mark Millar has. And I'm not Mark Millar's biggest fan of all time, but I... I, I think that's a very, very stupid comment to make from Mark Wade's position because he ain't all he was either, you know? Um, he's kind of like a batsman, Rich. On his good days, he's he's still very good, but he has a lot more bad oh. days, you know? Well, but the funny thing is, he said, like, he goes, oh, and I know that will eventually happen to me, <laughs> and when it does, if I carry on like this, you're more than welcome to show me this, this tweet off. or this thing and and slap me and all that i'm like what do you mean when you get there when you're there pal you're already there you are there you you've probably got 10 years on mark miller at least you know and Mm. i would say mark miller's if i look at his bank account i almost guarantee you it's sizable you know 
And Mark Mulwait's probably not doing poorly for himself, but he's also a whiny bitch. Can I be brutally honest? Like, if, if I'm being brutally honest, he's always struck me as a whiny bitch. I, I wish, almost, that I didn't know what Mark Wade was like outside of his writing. Because mm. if I just judge him on his writing, he's done some incredible stuff. You know, really top-notch. But, yeah. But but this is where the jealousy comes in because this is what the problem with Mark Wade is. How many of his stuff has been made into movies? I mean, I don't know. Not much, I would think. Yeah. I Nothing. Mean, Tower, of Babel, Tower of Babel, I think, was made into one. <laughs> An actual movie, though. Like a oh, proper yeah. Yeah. theatrical release movie. Yeah, not much. I don't know. Because Mark Malone said what? Uh, Kick-ass. Kingsman? Kick-ass to Kingsman. Kick-ass. Yeah. Wanted. Yeah, that's now, true. Now, you could debate the, 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 the quality of it, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. The Netflix show, um, Jupiter's Legacy. Sure. Um, they're doing a cartoon show. He's like, I'm yeah. sorry, Mark, but he's way more successful than you. Like, Definitely. Way, way, way more Well, that's successful. probably part of it, too. Uh, like, these guys have can ego. Can I just say something? You know? Even Mark Wade himself is, you're talking about a fading star looking for relevance. Mm. I really enjoyed the him working on the world's finest. Mm. But even now, I'm finding that he's going to the kingdom come well a bit too much in that <laughs> run that he's doing. Of course he is, man. Do you know what I mean? Is. It was fine. It was cool at the start, but now it's like, I'm like, do you not have any other stories to tell is it just like well i don't have anything new so i'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to the well of kingdom come because that's my greatest fucking yeah achievement well like i'm not surprised in 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 comics uh look i'll be the first guy to say fuck him you know like fuck him dude like these guys aren't jesus christ they're human beings they've had some successes they've all written good comics and bad comics and for him to sit there and 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 I and I did see a bit of it, like between Gal Simone and Mark Millar, there was something or other, but it seemed to sort itself out. Uh, I don't I don't know why Mark Wade has to always chime in. Uh, it's so predictable what he always says. It's like, uh, and, oh, you know, but he's he's got white knight syndrome. He does, doesn't he? Yeah, he comes charging in on that rickety old horse of his, you know. And waving his banner, and such an unimposing character too. Like if I'm scared by Mark Wade, I'm scared by an ant. You know, Mark Wade is a feeble old man who can barely walk. You know, and he throws his weight around like he's going to fucking deck you with some huge punch. You know, it's just, it's there's nothing imposing about Mark Wade. All he is is a lot of hot air, spewing bullshit on the internet. That's it. Like whoopie doo, man. Like. I'm not fucking scared of you. It's 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 like go back and write a comic book that people want to read. That's what you're good at, dude. We we know what you're going to say on Twitter. Like free the slaves, you know, uh, you know, it's a you know, he's he's like the self-hating guys. Well, like oh my god, I wish I could die so I could give my position to one of the poor little disenfranchised people. No, you know? dude, sorry. You just reminded me that's what he said. So <laughs> when someone pulled him up on the on the um <laughs> Uh, the the older guys doing the yeah, yeah. being the the the, 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 the old the overseers, white man the, the old white man yeah he did the whole like oh it's you know it's time for the old white man to give it up He's, you know their day is done and I was like oh my fucking god that's hilarious like like he, he, credit to him that's hilarious that he he's like the fucking white man who's taken away all the jobs. 
blah, 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 who's just milked it for decades. It's like, are you referring to yourself here? Like, you, because you've been doing that for a long time. Like, it's, I am honestly at yeah, that point. because he, he knows at the moment he's protected. Yeah, he's a protected species. Well, dude, he, he guzzles the Kool-Aid to keep his job. He does. He's done it for, he's, he, he, he's done it for years. Because when he got kicked Mark. out of DC, he, he did that at Marvel, and now he's back at DC, and, yeah. You know. Mark Wade is like those comedians who made a name for themselves being dark and edgy. Yeah. Uh, and then, then when they've made it, they turn around and say, oh, <laughs> comedians shouldn't be making jokes like yeah. that. Yeah, you yeah. Know, yeah, edgy humor is disgusting humor. And you're like, wow. So the moment that you've made it, now you want to kick the ladder? That's him. He's made it. He wants to be one of the few remaining old white guys. Totally. The rest must all fuck off so that he can be special. Um, and be the, like the, the the only white guy. But it's so see through, man. Like honestly, like if you're not fooled, if you're fooled by that, then you are a fool because it's so see through. You know, mm. it's it's, it's, it's so silly. He really should just shut his mouth because I was slow. I was starting to just be like, you know what, Mark Wade's a good writer. He's you know he's good enough some stuff now. I'm enjoying World's Finest, and now he, uh, now he just reminds me of the actual piece of shit that he really is and then you're like oh, okay well he, he's one of those that guys that can't, he can't help himself man he's got that you mentioned it um what do you call it white knight syndrome where yeah he he, he honestly it, you know what he's a little bit like jerry lewis with the telephone you know where he got to the stage where it was as much about him as about helping the kids really you know and it was an mm -hmm. opportunity to stay relevant and th that might sound cynical but there was an element of sickening self-performance there and self-tribute in the way he ran that telethon for a long time. And I'm not saying he didn't do some good things. He did. But there was also an element of, like, this is keeping me relevant, you know? And there was some stuff that was a bit sickening to watch. And there's a little bit of that with Mark Wade. Like, it's kind of like... I just find, for, for starters, like, he's got a lot to say. He's got a hell of a lot to say. And it's all the same hot air. You know, chill out, Mark Wade. Hey, guess what, Mark Wade? We know what you're going to say. We got it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, why, guys? You know, blood should all be killed. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, it's like, they shouldn't be allowed to work. And then it's like, apart from me, of course. <laughs> like, these comments do not, you know, he's, you know, he's just so vitriolic about, about this stuff. Well, and, he, and he hops Mark, on board bandwagons. Mark Wade is that guy who, um, would rat on his neighbours. A hundred percent. To keep totally. himself safe. Totally. You know what yeah, I mean? Totally. And that's what I say, like, a lot of people today who think that they, they wouldn't be, like, the Nazis or whatever, mm. you're literally doing tactics of, like, you are... When you try and cancel someone, when you try and get someone's book deal, you know, uh, taken away from them, yeah. and you, you're trying to sort of eliminate yeah. people you disagree with, that's that's the same tactics bro like I know. you would be the person dobbing in the the neighbors so that you wouldn't get looked at so that you would be protected yeah you you, you, you would be it's there's a word for it collaborator that's exactly yeah. the word yeah that's, that's what he is yeah he's a piece of shit really who, who can write some good comics and you know what I, I, Look, I, I, talent, I but, like, this is not a discussion about his talent just his fucking uh uh ethics or well, there was morals that, or whatever. I tell you where I lost a lot of respect for him. It was when I heard that apparently, now I don't know if it's true, that he stormed out of Man of Steel. He stormed out apparently like just having a big old cry about it. And I was like, 
there was a part of me that was like, calm the fuck down. I was bored too, man. But like, it was a boring movie, but he was still being out in protest over something, you know? And it was just like, there was a performative element to it where I just, my eyes could have rolled out of my head. You know what I mean? The world, mm. the world, if I'm sitting next to Mark, I'd be like, who the fuck is this guy clambering over the seats while I'm trying to watch a movie? Who the fuck are you? That's what I'd be like. <laughs> I'm Mark Wade. I'm like, who? <laughs> you know, I read Jim Verdi. Fuck off. You know, like, don't feel like everything's a performance to him. He, he, it's like live reaction on the internet. It's very much like Kevin Smith. Like, it's like, it's, it's that, you know, live on the internet. Everyone has to hear Dan Slot. Everyone has to hear their every fucking thought. Like, why? You know, you know, sometimes just keep your thoughts to yourself. Because you suck. <laughs> Mark Wade would never keep his thoughts himself. Yeah, I'm glad I don't. I, I don't. I mustn't follow him on anything because I never have to say any of this shit. And believe either me, that, or if you do, he would have blocked you probably ages ago. Anyway. Oh well, what a shame. Um, you, you remember um, there was a period of time where I was on Twitter a lot more. Remember Tom King used to really grind my gears. Like he was similar <laughs> to that. Like, but he was the guy, he was always looking for a fight. You know what I mean? Like he, a lot of hot takes. A mm-hmm. lot of hot takes. And I just, I, I wean myself off it because I'm like, this is just a negative bullshit game. Like, there's no, I don't think anyone, like, honest, I don't win. I don't bring any listeners into the show. I don't really think. I don't think he wins with that kind of negative stuff. Like, I don't think anyone wins. Actually, you know what's funny? I, you talk about that. I said something to Alicia the other night, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I've got to the point now where, You've got basically got two sides, right? right. You've got the, the Wokies on the one side who claim that they're winning. Sure. Everything's fine. It's the most successful it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. Then you've got the anti-work on the other side who yeah. obviously rail against that. Everything's a failure. Everything's yeah. a flop. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're winning. Times are changing. And you're like, okay, well, both can't be winning, right? I mean, there's yeah. got to be winning. But all I know is I'm definitely losing. Yeah, I'm losing interest as well. You know, Do you know what I mean, that's all I know for sure. I don't know who's winning. All I know is at the end of the day, I'm losing because yeah. Yeah. I'm I, I don't enjoy any like. I will say this. I the, the I shit. will say this. I think there's a hell of a lot of creators who, who just don't care, who just want to get their books out. You know, unfortunately, there's this really vicious. Um, sort of like dialogue or discourse and you know it's very vitriolic it's super reactionary like 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 growing adults like gal simone and mark miller shouldn't be conducting their business online against each other like i don't care if it was a misunderstanding or not like it's it's not professional if i was having a dispute with a colleague and it has happened richard i don't go to twitter and mm. try to win my war on Twitter with them. You know, it's. I wish that wasn't happening because I think it's stupid. And, of course, every one of these creators has their hardcore rusted-on fan base. Everyone. I mean, I've got my guys that are, you know, gals that I'm behind 100%. You know, like, there's not tons of them, but there's a few people where I'm like, you know, I'll back him in a corner. Like, fuck it, why not? But every one of them, everyone has got someone like that. And they have, you know, in element like sort of like I hate to use the word army but you know what I mean they have a group that goes out with their little signs and 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 gets all heated up and hot under the collar and blah 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 it's all a waste of time like honestly I don't think anyone I don't really understand why creators want to fight on Twitter with each other like honestly I just don't think it's kind of like because I don't think it's a situation in wrestling where they're creating like fake beefs I think that 
I, I just, I don't know. I just think they're getting carried away, basically. Also, the problem is, is that they don't, they don't do the smart thing, which is to just, just stop and take a breath first. Yeah. So the problem with, uh, I'm just going to call it Twitter because I don't give a fuck. Yeah. The problem with like your Twitter and 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 your Instagram and all this sort of stuff is, when something pisses you off, it's so easy to just grab your phone. Yeah. In that moment of like anger and whatever, yeah. and just. Post shit. Yeah. You know? And always the smart thing to be, to me, I've always said is, just wait, stop, mm. and see how you feel later, you yeah. know, yeah. in an hour or two or, or next day or whatever, you know, if, if it's late. Just, just just, see how you feel. Just give yourself time to to process it. Because sometimes you can get angry about something. It's Look, it happens to me. Um, uh, Alicia always laughs when, when, when I do this because... I'll be that person who I'll get upset about something, right? I'll be like, man, that's fucking bullshit. And then five, 10, 15 minutes later, I'll go, but you know, if you look at it from this, you know, I guess they got a point if you do, you know, if you're saying this. And she'd be like, you always do that. You always like argue with your, like. Yeah, you are you, very reasonable, Rich. I will say that for you. You do, you think it through a little bit, you know? You yeah, and, and it's just because, and I, that's why I'm glad I don't, like, it's one, again, another reason why I just, I don't have Twitter. I don't. Yeah. sort of do that and again the instagram it's only for posting drawings and shit and all that although sometimes i do have a bit of a whinge with ronald and 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 mitch and all that so <laughs> when i when i see some bad art or something but um I, I i can't like i you need to stop and it's just so easy mm. we're, we're, you know we humans we're emotional beings you know what i mean our mm-hmm. first instinct is to always react emotional and i think that's where people get themselves in trouble with with twitter and all that is mm. They they respond in a moment of emotion, of anger, yeah. emotion, and I do think a lot of them regret it. But then sometimes you you, you almost like are committed to it. You don't want to apologize. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to seem like you were wrong. You double down. Yeah, and well, that's when you start that. arguing about other shit, and you're just like, where? What's happened? Well, I remember the. I mean, we'll wrap this up because we're in Telegram. I remember the early days of of sort of Twitter, I got involved in some stupid dispute. Like, dude, it was so meaningless. And I realized then, and, and, and like, it was a dumb argument. And I realized, like, after I was getting really invested in this argument, that almost it was like it would never end. If You, you could argue, it was almost like someone else would come in and replace the other guy. And I just thought, who cares? <laughs> I actually thought, you know what, like, fuck you know what you know what think what you want to think i don't really care that much i don't even care about my own opinion about whatever we're arguing about like, it was it wasn't my last argument online because that took me a little bit to wean, wean off on facebook but i got to, i i realized that there was always going to be someone to argue with on these topics if you wanted to find the person and i don't have the energy i just do not have the energy this was 10 years ago probably or close to and i just I, 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 might, I don't mind, like, a bit of a discussion and stuff, but, like, I'm not going to sit there just getting so bent out of shape. Like, it's ridiculous. And I don't think... Uh, I think sometimes that lesson comes with time, you know? I think sometimes some people... I mean, I was an edgy guy in my 20s. I wasn't, like, you know... Let's be honest. Yeah, like, yeah, I was I was sarcastic. I'm sarcastic now, but I was very sarcastic in my 20s. And I didn't take anything very seriously at all. But um, if there had been Twitter back then, I probably would have gotten into it hardcore. I used to get on message boards. 
um, and occasionally I would see a lot of chaos on message boards and fighting. And I tried to stay out of it because it seemed very negative. But you know what I mean? Like, the, the, it's what I'm trying to say is, like, when you're younger, it's it's easier to take that shit seriously. The older you get, it's mm. just like, I don't, like, that's why I'm surprised by Mark Wade. Like, that guy's got to be in his 60s. Like, what is he doing getting on Twitter, really, honestly, mm. and, and getting so bent out of shape? Like, what, what, like, doesn't he have more important things to do? Like, you know. Well, obviously not. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Like, it just seems so meaningless. Now, anyway, that's I'm glad we've had this discussion. Um, Adam Driver was talking about Kylo Ren and that Ben Solo's redemption arc was never planned. Um, he was saying, uh, <laughs> JJ... Well, before you get to that, I just want to say nothing was planned in that Star Wars. No, not much so. was planned. But the funny thing is, JJ had an overall arc in his mind. His idea was that Kylo's journey was the opposite journey of Vader, where Vader starts out the most confident and most committed to the dark side, so in New Hope. And then by the last movie, he's the most vulnerable and weak. Like, he literally takes his, you know, helmet off. Um, he wanted... JJ wanted to start with the opposite. This character was the most confused and vulnerable, and by the end of the three movies, he would be the most committed to the dark side. I tried to keep that in mind, regardless if that wound up not being the journey anyway, because it changed while shooting, but I was still focused on that. I mean, credit to him. Like... Because his concept sounds better than what actually happened, you know. I think. Anyway. Yeah, I, I don't even. Can I be honest with you? I don't even believe that JJ had an overall. No. Yeah. Um, or, or if he did, it was a super, super, super fucking basic one because, um, I, I, I think you know, like again, perfect example in the Force Awakens, right? Mm. Han says to that fucking orange Yoda mm. ripoff, yeah, "Where yeah. did you get that lightsaber?" It's just like. A story for another time. Sure. Well, guess what? I don't think that story's ever been fucking told yet. Mm. I also don't want to hear it, but yeah. But he also loves, but he loves his mystery boxes. He does. Like, he, he does. yes, maybe he has ideas of like, oh, yeah, yeah, and this chick has the lightsaber, <laughs> but we'll never find out why. And this happens, but we'll never find out why. That's not ideas. That's not like a vision. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just you find a random shit. JJ, he loves building mystery box, kicking it, kicking it down the road, and just keep kicking it, just keep kicking it, just keep kicking it. Never really answer the questions. Bring up other mystery boxes, bring up lots of other questions until it's all like fucking question marks everywhere and just like whatever. Yeah, that's um, the problem with JJ. He has a lot of cool ideas. Mm. I'm inverted commas, cool ideas, mm. but no real plan on how to actually implement them or how they fit. He just goes like, oh, that's cool, that's cool. His payoffs have always been a big problem. Now, um, this is censorship coming for Tintin. Um, it's not the first time that Tintin's been under fire here because of, like, the old Tintin, um, I guess comics is the word, that, that showed the really <laughs> basically racial or racist uh, way of doing black people. Oh, sorry, I just dropped my phone. Um, I don't know. What do you think? But this isn't new. Like, why is this a new story, Rich? Because I've heard this about Tintin heaps of times. Hmm. Well, everything old is new again, isn't it? Yeah, we're just bringing it. <laughs> we're just relitigating like an old argument. Like, I don't know. It was a different time period. Yes, they are racist pictures. You know, yeah. is that going to satisfy the fucking crowd? They, also, they are. I mean, you know? But the thing is, I mean, you've got to also, again, context matters, okay? Like, this was a caricature of black people. And it's also written by... Uh, Tintin is Belgian, I think? Yeah, he's Belgian. Is it Belgian? Yeah, yeah. He's Belgian. I don't know of too many Africans living and running around in Belgium, like, at the time of this. So, mm. I'm not using it. It's more of a... Um, 
Oh shit! What's the word I'm looking for? It's more of a um, ignorant mm. representation. Not well, wasn't a, there the Belgian um, Congo? Wasn't the Belgian Congo? Was that a colony of Belgium? I, I'm guessing. I don't know, but I think it. Yes, might but have been. I'm, I'm saying the people living in Belgium, your artists, your writers, I don't oh, think I they are like yeah. living in the in in you in know Congo. in the Congo and and sort of stuff and all that. They might not necessarily have experience. Yes, yeah. they understand that there's the Congo and there's Africans. So that's what I'm saying. I feel like that's more ignorant than um, yeah, yeah, yeah. malicious, right? Yeah. But it's just a product of its time. I mean, I don't mm. look at that and go, "Wow, that's a totally acceptable way of yeah. portraying black people." I kind of just look at it and go, "Wow, that's that's definitely age." We, we've come a long but, way since then, thankfully, you know. But that's my thing. Can know. I just say something? That's another. That's another reason why I think we're having a problem today with like. With, with, with race and stuff and all that because we've done our damnedest to to change and hide this that sometimes maybe it's even hard to see how far you've come because yeah. if you keep censoring or keep changing mm. the bad things from the past how can you judge how far you've come good point Rich good you know, point so man. now it, it, that's why everyone thinks oh it's the worst time this is, we're living in the most racist time. Are we? Really? Compared to like nineteen hundreds? Nineteen twenty? Are you telling me now? No, now is the most racist time no, of like in, in the world of history? No. But it's because the younger people they don't they're not subjected to this stuff. They don't get to see this stuff to go, wow, this was when? Nineteen thirty, Jesus Christ. Mm. Thank God we don't do that anymore. You don't have that reference. Like we're losing that reference that those milestones that show us how far we've actually come in in, in 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 even a short time when you think about it. Yeah. No, I agree, man. I totally agree with you. But, you know, what are you going to do, man? At the end of the day, you know, I don't know. Shit keeps happening. And again, don't forget, because they didn't have any black actors in those times, and, and a lot of the minstrels did, for oh, a lot man. of people, yeah. that was probably just yeah, true. how they saw it. And well, that's why a lot right. of artists yeah. back in those days did that because that's what they saw in the movies and mm. the shows because it's a white guy dressed up as a black guy. Yeah, it was a, it was a totally different it's culture. It's a lot of ignorance. You know, I, I boil it down to just being utterly ignorant of yeah. race and culture and all that. Not necessarily like they're like, ha-ha, well, the I'm going to stick the, the actual thing was they've taken, uh, they've changed a cover from Tintin facing off against a black boy now has him facing off against a line. So they've just changed a cover, basically. I mean, I can live with that. It's not the end of the world to me, you know. I don't really care. I, I've known. I, I. I mean, a lot of people well, love Tintin. Look, covers don't bother me. I mean, books have different covers for reprintings all the time. Like that's exactly right. Jesus, yeah. I mean, look at any Batman, Superman yeah. trade. If yeah. they've redone the trade, a lot of times they'll change the 100%. the cover. Covers is not a a big issue for me, but um, I mean, changing interior, changing actual panels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, that's kind of I do draw the line because. Agreed. I kind of, as I said, I just feel like we are, we're losing our history. We're losing our, hey, this is how we used to be. We used to be very ignorant. Yep. Right? We used to be very callous and, and stuff. And look at us now. We, we know, we're, we're far better mm. people and we would never depict, you know, uh, someone of, of black heritage like this. It mm-hmm. would be seen as unexpected. It's just, 
I look at that and just go, wow, fuck, that's a different, woo, look at that. Yeah, that's, that's you know a long I mean? way off. I don't look at that and go, oh, I miss those days. <laughs> yeah, if you, you know I, mean? I, I think, I mean, if, you want, if you're looking at that going, man, I wish we could get back to that stuff, you're a flat-out racist. Like, you exactly. are, you are you just, mean, so you're I, fucking that fuck know. on. Like, anyway, uh, you know, on a different note, this was kind of funny, Damon Albarn, um, the guy from Blurring Gorillas, is pissed off with the Rolling Stones for never contributing to Hackney and objectifying Sydney Swing. He's referring to the new Rolling Stones album, Hackney Diamonds, and they played a um, a concert. Like, or they, they announced the... They sort of did, a, like, an announcement of their new album at Hackney in the UK, and mm-hmm. apparently Damon's really pissed off about it. He's like, this really annoyed me because my family lives in Hackney, and the way they showed up at the Hackney Empire venue really pissed me off. They never did a thing in Hackney. They never played there, never contributed to anything. They just showed up. It's all nonsense. I mean... And then he was having a big old cry about Sydney Sweeney looking all hot and heavy in the video. It's like, well, Jesus, calm down, man. Like, I, I like Blur, Damon, but, like, maybe you just need to chill it out a little bit, dude. Like, maybe smoke a big old reefer and just relax because he was also having a big cry about He goes, they're, what they're doing now is they've gotten worse. It's like, well, dude, they were fucking one of the best bands ever. So, you know, like, calm down. And... Are you telling me the latest Blur album's as good as your shit in the 90s? No. I've heard it. It's it's okay, but it's, you know, give me one of the Blur albums from the mid-90s. Uh, what's he so upset about, Rich? Just the fact that it just seems... I don't, he's just, I don't know, man. It sounds like the ramblings of a madman. Yeah, he's just grumpy. It's like a grumpy old man. He's It's like he's grumpier than Mick Jagger or something. He's just really having a big old cry. And it's just funny to me. You know, like, you know, there's the part where he's going, they're just doing the same thing over and over. It's like this coming from the guy who's got a pretty distinctive sound himself, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, he, you know, yeah. Damon, it's very true. We know when it's you doing a Blur album, buddy. It's not like, wow, who's this new guy? We've never heard this sound stuff before. <laughs> and I like Blur and I like Damon, but I think he needs to calm down. Uh, writer James DiMatteis uh, is returning with the new story, Spider-Man, Shadow of the Green Goblin. Now, I wanted to know if you like the idea of this, Rich. Um, it's set early on in Peter Parker's career. Peter will find himself entangled in a dark drama involving his best friend's family, the Osborns. The saga will revisit the now-classic Spider-Man 1, or minus 1, and tie up a plot thread that's been dangling since 97, involving the tragic truth behind Norman Osborn's research assistant, N- Niels Van Adder, the first test subject for the Goblin formula which transferred him into Proto-Goblin. So apparently um, there's... Shadow of the Goblin allows us to take a deep dive into young Peter's mind and emotions as he makes his way through his exhilarating and sometimes terrifying new world. We take an equally deep dive into the dysfunctional dynamic of the Osborne family, seeing how generational pain sowed the earliest seeds of Norman's Green Goblin identity and left its traumatic imprint on, Henry, on Harry. If you think you know everything I wish to know about Peter and the Osborns, think again. I don't know, Rich, where are you with the prequel stuff? Do you do you like this extra new goblin that's coming before the original Green Goblin? So the, so the question I have, mm. is this canon? I believe so, yes, Richard. I believe it is, my friend. Okay. So if it's canon, <laughs> I don't mind. Okay. If it's one of those, like, oh, you know, it takes place, but, yeah, you know, I don't know. Now, in saying <laughs> that, I prefer that they fix Spider-Man... Now, sure. Before we start changing things from the past, retrofitting. Or, yeah, look, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind. I mean, comics have always done that. 
But I, the problem is I don't think Peter's past needs fixing. No. I think Peter's yeah. present <laughs> I mean, needs yeah. fixing. I, I mean, I trust you. I spent the energy and the time and the talent yeah. trying to fix Spider-Man right now because then this would have been a great addition yes, to that. But it's hard to get excited for this when I just feel like Spider-Man is in such a... If you like, told me JM was coming on to the main Spider-Man title to take it over, I'd be so fucking happy. You know? Mm. Like, I'd be so thrilled. Like, because, I mean, let's face it, it's not like he's retired. He's doing plenty of work. Like, honestly. And he's popular. Um, I don't know. Anyway. Um, this was funny. Um, children on their best behaviour after Santa announces Naughty Kids now receive the Marvels on Blu-ray. <laughs> oh, oh, that's... <laughs> That's funny. That's harsh. That's harsh. But fair. But it's, it's harsh, fair. but fair. It's very, very fair. Um, did you watch the Rebel Moon trailer, Richard? Premieres on Netflix on 22 December. I'm looking forward I, to it. I watched the original trailer, yeah. It's very it, confusing. There's a new... It looks awful. There are no heroes, only rebels. Wow. Wowee. Uh, uh, Zach, Zach can fuck off. What, one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. I've always gone by that saying. You know? Like yeah, it's very deep. It's very Thank deep. You. Thank you. Thank you, Richard. I didn't come up with it, but I've stolen it for many years. Um, have you got, did you put this news item in about James Gunn? This is pretty funny. Uh, no. Okay. So James Gunn says shoehorning characters into films for gratuitous cameos, a cameo porn, and one of the worst elements in today's superhero movies. This is after he declared the flash, one of the greatest superhero films he ever saw. <laughs> Mm, which yeah, was he didn't get filled. That. He, he definitely didn't get that right. Which is filled with fucking cameos. Um, though, keep in mind, he made these comments on threads, so they may not count as hypocrisy since no one is on threads to read them. Um, that's funny. I mean, our greatest. What a, what a stupid comment. Like, The Flash had so many problems, and it also had so many gratuitous cameos, namely Batman and fucking Wonder Woman, you know, turning up. Wonder Woman was the most gratuitous one of all time. Um, what about fucking, um, what's his name at the end? Um, what's his name? George Clooney turning up. Jesus. I mean, it was just jam-packed with them. Yeah. Um, uh, but again, I mean, to be fair, he, um, to be fair to Gunn, he didn't have any, he didn't have anything to do with that. No, I know, like, but he's like, it's the greatest um, film he's ever seen and all this stuff, you know? But, I mean, I mean, did he, he had a little bit of kind of cameo porn in, um, Thor, Thor, in Thor, he had the Guardians. No, no, no. I'm talking about his Marvel stuff. He did Peacemaker. Mm. He he didn't he have like Aquaman and all that kind of show up like a bit shadowed, but I mean didn't. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't he have like the silhouettes of the Justice League because obviously he couldn't get yeah. most of the actors. I mean, does that still hold well, true could, for him? Could, if... could he possibly be a hypocrite? I mean, as well. That's but that possibility where where you know. He's not on the jury stand. He's not going to be tried for, you know, perjury. I, I like what he's saying. I agree with him. I would prefer that he fucking just do a good Superman movie and not worry about um, trying to fit in cameos for no reason. I agree, but everything we hear about Superman is everyone's getting a fucking run. You know? Are they? Well, we've heard quite a few people. Lobo's been mentioned. There's been no, some... you've mentioned it. <laughs> I don't think there's been actual fucking mentions. Well, Seedle counts. I've mentioned it. You know, maybe the news has come back. I don't know. There's, there's been, there's been people involved on Superman Legacy. Yeah. There's been casting announcements. The, yeah, but all that, Dave. That's not him announcing anything. That's just people just 
speculating and, speculating. and fantasy casting and shit and all that. Was that the only one... official ones we've had is because um, someone was accusing him of nepotism. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Zachary Levi. That story's coming up later. Yeah. So we do know that his brother's been cast as Maxwell Lord. Yes, and apparently um, Zachary Levi had a big problem with it. He said, listen, when you're the brother of the guy who runs DC, I guess you get to play who you want. Wow. Well, I, he, he's not wrong. Mm. I mean, he's cast his brother in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He's cast his brother in the Suicide Squad movie that he made. Because yeah. he played the weasel. Yeah. Um, he's cast him in now Superman movie that he's done. Mm. He's cast his wife. <laughs> yeah. And stuff. So, I mean, you can't... He keeps it in the family. Whether whether you like Zachary Levi or not, you can't say that he's technically wrong. Oh, he's not wrong. He's right. I mean, yeah, no, he's 100% right. Um, the thing with um, James Gunn, he's a big believer in getting that double, triple income coming into the Gunn family, you know? His brother must get mm-hmm. him a very nice Christmas gift and a very nice birthday present, I would suggest. You know? Yeah. Like, now, to be fair, I mean, I know that uh, Sam Raimi yes. used his brother a lot, but his brothers also went off and done his own shit and got jobs yeah. not with Sam Raimi. Whereas James Gunn's brother just seems to just... I've only ever seen James Gunn's brother in James Gunn he, he just he, he's, so. he's like drama in Entourage, you know? The character of drama, like the other brother. <laughs> legend um well turning on to some um conan news uh savage daughter conan is coming back at titan and heroic signatures as well as the continuing the archival publishing of the conan and savage sword of conan omnis um savage sword so it's coming out in a new magazine edition will feature a new conan epic solomon kane and a pro story and spectacular pinups so they're bringing it back in like the magazine format rich interesting and black and white too um, nice. I'm looking really forward to it. Um, I also just want to mention, um, shout out to Inner Demons of Brian Biggie. I checked out Avengers 24 from 1980, Ghost Rider vs. The Avengers. It was absolutely fantastic, Rich. It's just a, it's just a, a situation where Ghost Rider is just taking out The Avengers, showing them... Have they done that Ghost Rider kills the Marvel Universe or not? I don't think so. No, they should. That's a shame. That's a real shame. They should do that. Um, Imagine if like, the Ghost Rider just decided one day that like they all guilty they are. of something and just literally goes around giving them all the fucking penance there. I would love to see it. Now, you should check out... The, I might put this in Weekly Comics for our comeback show because it's well worth a read. Uh, Rich, I'm just before Weekly Comics. Can I go and grab a split? I'll be back in, like, you know, 30 seconds. Yo. Okay, thanks, man. Are you there, Ben? 
Yep. Okay. Weekly Comics Rich. Woo! Um, Enemy Ace, one and two, by Garth Ennis, um, who, by the way, is doing the trade of the week, Unknown Soldier as well. So I picked up these two. I really enjoyed these as a two-parter. Enemy Ace, from my understanding, was a strip that I think primarily focused on World War One, like almost like a Red Baron-esque type of character, mm-hmm. I, be- I believe. I've not read it. But anyway, Garth Ennis, I, I think in the late 90s, early 2000s, did a two-parter story of Enemy Ace where that same uh, flyer comes into World War Two, so he's older and he's flying, you know, for, against the Russians primarily and then it, it goes through the war. Very much I enjoyed this, a lot more than I enjoyed the trade of the week. Um, sometimes with the artwork I found it hard to tell who was him and who was his friend. Um, in the second issue yeah. where they changed the artist. Right. But, uh, but I honestly enjoyed the storyline. I thought it was really quite compelling, actually. Um, what do you think, Rich? So <clears throat> I did enjoy it, um, but also was disappointed with it. Like, what is, so one of my disappointments was is when you're doing this story, right, I kind of would have preferred that I get to see... I would have preferred to see a character who maybe supported obviously the German cause and even Hitler, mm. but then slowly like realizes who Hitler is. So you can kind of see that happen. Whereas we come into this, he already hates Hitler. He already hates sort of the Nazis. Yeah. Um, and so you kind of go, oh, okay. So they, obviously they didn't want to actually write the story about an actual like bad guy. They've kind of written him as like almost like a hero from the start. Yeah, definitely. Which, I, as I said, I would have preferred that maybe, you know, maybe he, he did buy it. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like, oh, he's a hero from World War One. You know, he kind of agreed with... Because, I mean, don't, don't forget, I mean, one of the reasons why Hitler was popular is because the German people were in a bit of a bad oh, yeah. spot with yeah. all the, you know, uh, restrictions and, and and restraints and all that sort of shit. It's, it's why they all rallied him, because he promised, you know, to fix all that crap. So, I, I just... It would have been interesting to see maybe a character who did buy into it, but then realize, oh shit, I'm wrong. Yeah, like, whereas he was very I, much the noble German on his hilltop. Yeah, he was like from the start, fuck Hitler, he's a piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. That's Although not I did, quite what I was. I did like it because his friend was that character who. Hit, no, it, a little bit. His friend was more like, hey, I get it, but just don't say anything. Yeah, but but like his friend even mentions in the second issue, look. We fell for it, you know. You didn't see it because you were sitting on your mountaintop. But, you know, uh, Hitler... I would have preferred to see that from the main character's point of view, not his friend's point of view. I know, I know. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, I sometimes find it hard. I'm not an expert on military lingo when it comes to flight lingo. And sometimes I was confused by what was exactly going on with the plane flying but I, I i thought the artist did a good job i enjoyed the story though i i, I thought it was cool and i loved the end when he, he surrendered to sergeant rock that came out of nowhere yeah that was that was cool I yeah that, that was although james gunn might say that was gratuitous cameo porn you know it's gratuitous cameo <laughs> porn. I, don't, I don't think he's saying that one fucking cameo is porn <laughs> i'm saying i think he means when you have like yeah, the way DC's been doing it, just fucking cramming. What, what about if it's this? So Sergeant Rock, you see Sergeant Rock, and then in the background you see Batman and Superman just standing there. <laughs> like they're just like, well, I mean, yeah, it would be stupid but hilarious. It would be funny. Um, 
I liked the artwork, but I did struggle at times to know if it was his friend or him, you know? Um, I just found it a bit confusing. Also, wasn't it kind of ironic that um, he landed in the concentration camp, which is the same place where the Unknown Soldier in the Unknown Soldier trade goes crazy, um, you know, in, in Dakar, which is a fucking awful, terrible extermination camp. But, like, it was the same thing, Um well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so the, so they had that happen, right? Where, yeah, he says, it, but, but, but he already hates Hitler, and of course, like he's discussed about that. But how cool would that have been if that was like again? Yeah. He's slowly starting to, and then he sees this, and then he's like, "Fuck no, this!" I, do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh my god, I've been so wrong. I'm gonna surrender to the mm. the eyes and all. This. I don't know. I just. I enjoyed this. I really enjoyed it, but I also just felt like, oh, I just wanted a little bit more. I just wanted a yeah, well, a more I, meaty, I think they're scared of progression. There's, you know, what, scared isn't maybe the right word, but there's a distaste for allowing any sympathy at all for the German war machine. So, yeah. they, well, and again, yeah. got him and his buddy who like literally hate the Nazis and hate Hitler, yeah. and obviously they've got to have the. The bootlicker guy who loves Hitler is there. like, I'm going to tackle but, but, on and you. Those, and people, like, those people existed, so they should be there. No, you know? yeah. but I, no, I know, but I'm just saying it's like, it's. I just don't think it will. Okay, I get it. It's fiction. I get it. It's not, it's not meant to be an accurate representation, but we just, why are people so scared or timid to, to, to do someone who is pro- Hitler, yeah, well, and yeah. then and then come out of that and come, and we can get to see the journey of someone who who was fooled, who did buy the, so, you know, the the bullshit that Hitler was, and then seeing the atrocities goes fuck this, I can't do well, this, I've you know, yeah. and I'm sure I, Garth Ennis in his other war stories, of which I I thought this one was really a very good war story, um, and I I grew up on these comics when I inherited them from my grandparents, these war story comics and. So I do enjoy the format. I was going to say, I would probably say in his own stuff that he does outside of the big two, the war stories, once he does, he probably does explore that more. I got a feeling that being a DC project, Enemy Ace, they don't want to go too hard into it. I, 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 you know, but overall, very enjoyable. Like, I'd overall give this like an 8.5 out of 10, even though I had yeah. some reservations I mean, on and the art. And the first issue was... Really fantastic. Mm. Um, second issue, I'm not sure if it was the same artist or a different artist, but similar styles, but not as good. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree. Um, yeah, but but overall, a, a pretty uh, damn good story, I felt. And then we just had, um, I, just, I just kind of tossed a bone to you, Rich, and I just was kind of like, let's do some special missions, um, G.I. Joe. I mean, it's just more fun with... <laughs> with Chuck doing G.I. Joe. Did you read it, Rich? Uh, I read uh, the first issue, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just more fun, basically, and I'm already involved. You know, I've just... I'm getting to that point now where I'm probably halfway through Chuck's G.I. Joe run because I took a breather, and I just can't get enough of it, man. I just I just love it. I just want... I, I just want more of this. I wish that he was still writing it right now, you know? Mm. I just need it. Uh, it was a, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. I, according to the story, I did not like the art though. No, didn't didn't enjoy the no, artwork. No, there was one picture of Scarlet 
that looked so fucking bad. A side, uh, I'll, I'll bring up. But the- there was a few panels of weird um, proportions oh. and perspective, and and oh no, the, I, the art really kind of took me out of it, and yeah, uh, I, I didn't enjoy the art. Did you find that sometimes the art seemed a bit rushed? Um, yeah, I don't know if the art was rushed or just like a very new or inexperienced yeah um artist which it could be because it is what when, when was this idw yes yes yeah so let, let's be honest uh idw have never had like the best although uh, do you know artists. who the art uh, you know who the art was the artist was it's paul jalacy who's an excellent artist so he probably is now i don't know if he was then when he was doing this well i think paul jalacy <laughs> maybe they were paying enough to get the best out of him <laughs> Yeah, that that might be more that I think. There's one picture of Scarlet. I found it. It's on page. Um, oh God, what page is this? Nineteen. It's a side profile of Scarlet where she says it was a dry hole main. Talking a mainframe. The side profile of Scarlet. It's seriously. I was like, who is that? And and you know, I was just like, who is that? And then I realised from the other pictures where she's wearing the hat that was Scarlet, but it's got to be one of the worst images of Scarlet I've ever seen. Mm. No, no, people's faces in this are very inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, one panel, yeah, Scarlet will have a much shorter nose, mm. and then next minute, all of a sudden, her nose is like fucking three times longer. Yeah, 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 agreed. And, and so that's what I said. I mean, I just, again, as someone who is a bit of an artist, I just... If I'm spotting too many mistakes, I tend to then start losing focus in the story, and I'm just looking for the. Is um <laughs> is, for all the bad art. is Chuck's writing saving it for you though? Because it is for me. You Again, know? I was enjoying the story, but I just kept being taken out of it with the with right. the art. Fair enough, man. Um, you're making the tough calls, Rich, and that's why we hire you, man. That's why we pay the big dollars. Now we had trade of the week. Um. Unknown mm. soldier by Garth Ennis. Now, I come to Garth Ennis with a lot of expectation. I, in general, love a lot of his work. I love a lot of his war comics, uh, his Punisher, you know, plenty of stuff. From, fuck, his Preacher, his Hitman. So much stuff that I like from Garth Ennis. Unknown soldier, I must admit, although I am very familiar with the legend of the Unknown Soldier um, in real life, I have never read Unknown Soldier, but I'm fascinated because I think it seems cool, the guy with the bandages, and I don't actually know the story, but uh, you know, I assume he's a man on a mission all the time and stuff. So I thought this would be really interesting, and Garth Ennis doing like a take in like 97, so very sort of... Garth Ennis in his sort of prime early years, you know, when he was really hungry. I'm thinking this will be really good. And I was, I, I've had this on my iPad probably for close to two years and I've been waiting for an opportunity to do it I thought it'll do it I have never been more disappointed by a Garth in a story and a, by any creator that I admire than this story I thought this was needlessly and I'm not a prude everyone knows that needlessly overly sort of for want of a better word vulgar for no reason it almost had no unknown soldier for vast chunks of the book um, when it did have, I know a soldier was like the world's biggest prick, and I was like, "Is he always like this?" Like I didn't know this about a no. soldier. Yeah, I, I, I just felt this was like the pitch was like, "Okay, you want a no soldier? You're gonna barely get any." And when he is, he's a huge villain. Do you like that? 
if I was the editor, I'd be like, no, I don't like that, Garth. Go <laughs> try again. I like. I, I, I liked it a little bit because it's Garth Ennis. I like bits with the, the female assassin and stuff. I kind of hated the main character because he's such a dick. And I just, I really, I, I actually really struggled with this. It, not, a, not a tough read. It's a quick read. But the, the quality was just, I felt really poor. And Garth Ennis, it was like, it was like, if you told me that he just started writing comics... I would appreciate that, but he'd been writing comics for a decade, so mm. I don't. I, I thought this was a really poor story. Um, what did you think, man? Yeah, uh, I not. Yeah, I, I I messaged you after read and I said, look, I did not enjoy. I and did I, not enjoy and that. I thought that was you and, just being normally Mister Grumpy. I was like, yeah, of course, Richard didn't <laughs> like it. You know. Well, so so again, my problem is maybe you know what I, I'll own up to being a little bit more of a prude than you. Um, I, I felt this was a real sort of character assassination. Yeah. Like, the Unknown Soldier is obviously, it's a real thing, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like, I mean, Australia's got the Unknown Soldier, America's got the Unknown Soldier, Britain's got the Unknown Soldier. It's a, it's a, not a celebration, it's an honouring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. of obviously, fallen soldiers, of bravery, yes. of of sacrifice and all that. And the Unknown Soldier in comics has always been a hero. Yeah, right. Um, you know, he's a spy, he's got the bandages, wears disguises, all that sort of shit. So, you know, but he's always been... Um, he's always been a good guy. And this was like one of those, like... <laughs> I don't want to say character assassination. This was like one of those... Um, it was close. Deconstructions, you know, that's like, ooh, yeah. I want to deconstruct, you know, imagine if, you know, because America's such a shitty place, you yeah. know... What if the, uh, the Unknown Soldier was like this, you know, America at all costs, kill everyone yeah, as yeah, long yeah. as America wins. And I was like, I mean, that's fine as a story, but the Unknown Soldier is that character? That's I just... where I have a problem with, with, with that. I, I am surprised that Garth Ennis, who has written incredible war stuff, like he does know what he's doing. This, this, this really, I felt, was in very poor taste. You know? Yeah, I yeah, I was not um I definitely was not a fan of it because I was just like, um Yeah. Like I so the, the, I'll tell you what I was hoping. I was hoping that it wasn't really the unknown soldier. So yeah. what I was hoping for was that he would find out that the unknown soldier like was mm. this really great hero, but they like maybe the government, they sort of created their own one or used the name, but kind of like um, U.S. agent. Yeah. Got a psychopath. Yeah. And so this guy was going to take down the fake unknown soldier, but turned out, nope, it's the real unknown soldier. He's just been, you know, um, well, America's... I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, but like it didn't... 70, 50 years or whatever. The, the story years. didn't make sense. Like, it's like... Anyone who you ever saw op with him operating, he'd kill them. I'm like, so what? He'd kill his own guys after he's helped them. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill anyone, everything. I mean, kill children. The works. Yeah, I, I, I got to be honest. Um, I'm ashamed to have picked this. I'll be. I'm not going to put this on the. Um, I normally put the image up of the of the comic. I'm choosing not to do that for this for this for this story because I am ashamed. And I, I felt it was in very poor taste. 
Um, and I'm s- sort of stunned that Garth Ennis did this because I'm like, man, like, this is not good. This is this is actually really bad. Um, yeah, uh, my distaste is for this story was, and I'm not normally that extreme in my distaste, am I, Rich? You know me, I don't. No, God, no, you, you're more like I'm. Um, you, you're definitely more open usually to that sort of stuff. Yeah, than, and it wasn't the language. Because I, I, I get... I don't oh, no, the language. I, I, the language didn't even bother me at all, honestly. Yeah, it, was, like, it, was, it, was, it was what he did to the unknown soldier. Like, when I saw him shooting the, the Germans at the concentration camp, I, I understood that. I got that. But then it was like he's going around just murdering villages and... That's the point, yeah. It's like, hang on. So this guy got so angry... Mm. And what the Germans did to their own people. Yeah, yeah. Because right? the Jews were Germans. Like, yeah. he got so outraged and like, this is what you're doing to your own people. And it's like, what have you been doing to your own people for years now? You've been killing Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Like, but, you, and even the other you. character was like, but he's had such a huge problem with the fact that they were going to um, send the uh, top Nazi brass to exile in Ecuador or wherever it was, you know, and including Hitler. You had a huge problem with that. But then when they ended up sending some of them anyway, which is what happened, and let's not forget the US government took in a lot of Nazi scientists, you were okay with that. So it's like, what? Like, the story sort of didn't actually have a lot of internal logic. Like, like he was just the world's biggest prick, basically. Like, mm-hmm. no, I get it. I get, I get that he's like, he's kind of like a Duke Nukem or something. Like, he's just like a, a running gunner. But I didn't understand why he was like, I have to kill every every soldier that sees me. I'm like, I'm pretty confident that's not the original unknown soldier. I don't not read him, but I, I've read my fair share of Sergeant Rock, and I know Bob Kaniger's writing style. I'd be surprised if he's writing the unknown soldier like this. I'd be very surprised, and. I'm always open. Do you know me? One of my favourite heroes or sort of characters, the comedian. Now, he's a prick. You know what I mean? And he's mm. a seedy prick and he, he murders people in Vietnam. It's in keeping with the character. This is taking... from Also from what is, like, for want of a better word, almost... He's a, also written that way from the start. 100%, yeah. No, he is who he is in the story. He doesn't change. But this was taking what is kind of like an almost sacred kind of thing in in you know our culture and then this character which i bet if if i go back i'm gonna, i've got all the unknown soldier stories and i'm going to read some because i'm sure i'll enjoy them i guarantee you he doesn't commit civilian atrocities or anything like that like he might i'm sure he kills a lot of people but i bet you he's not like this guy was deranged you know um this guy was like one step away from going down the mall and just blowing away Joe Public, you know, like he he. Oh, I, I I could see this character assassinating the fucking president. <laughs> it was it also it was also predictable. Like when the guy pulled his gun out, I was like, he's gonna shoot himself here, and then and then something happens, and then I think that guy becomes a non soldier, and I was just like, man, this sucks. Like, God, like give me any other version of the unknown soldier. I'm. As I said, I'm not going to put this... Uh, it obviously, will, I'm not going to edit it for the show. It'll be in the show as a review, and I will mention in the title the, that we disliked it, but I'm not putting the image up. I'm not celebrating it. I think this is... Everyone has a bad day. Garth Ennis had a bad day. He turned these scripts in. They weren't great, you know? 
Um, the only bits I liked were the, was the chick um, with the assassin, the assassin chick, because I thought that was a bit more fun. But really poor comic, poor, poorly executed. Artwork was, was that Gertie style of art, which I think suited the storyline. But the Unknown yeah. Soldier was a... He just is a... Unknown Soldier here is irredeemable. Is that a word? Like... Yes, that's a word. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say unredeemable, but irredeemable. Um, it's just horrible. I, I really dislike this comic. I'm giving it two and a half out of ten. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I'm probably three out of ten from me. Yeah. Um, oh, dude. That reminds me. Sorry. I want to say one more thing about Mark Way quickly. Okay. It must eat Mark Wade <laughs> that the boy is, is is successful. Sure. And his irredeemable is not. Yeah, well, his irredeemable was good, I will say that. Like, but, that but boys kind of have beat his version yeah. to the punch. And yeah. you know what I mean? And now, even if it came out, people would just see it as a copy or a, yeah. a, a, a boy's knockoff. That must eat him. Oh, I'd say there's a fair bit of jealousy there, you know. Um, Sorry, you just made me think of it when you said irredeemable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, irredeemable was great until the ending. The ending wasn't great, um, mm. but the irredeemable was good for a long time. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to say anything more about unknown soldiers. I, 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 I hesitate to say this honestly. If you like um, the DC War comics and Garth Ennis, steer away from this one because I don't think it's his best, even close to his best work. In fact, I think it's. He he's always very critical of his dread work, you know, self-critical. I would be more critical of this. I think when he was doing dread, he was more of a younger writer on the on the rise. This came from a time when he was doing like Punisher, Hitman, you know, Preacher, all that stuff. He was he was in his prime, so that that makes this even more inexcusable. But I do want to say, on the same week we are criticizing him so heavily for this. I am giving him a lot of praise for Enemy Ace. And overall in his career, I've really enjoyed a lot of his work. So I don't want people to think he's a terrible writer. He's not. I think this was just a bad day at the crease for um, Gothiness, honestly. You know? Old Gothy Goth. Everyone can throw a foul ball. You know, it can happen, man. And, not um, me. <laughs> not you. <laughs> of course. No, I, even I can. Well, I had to correct myself earlier today, didn't I, for some Assassin's Creed thing. So even I got one wrong, Rich, you know? Yeah, Dave, but that's that's rare for the listeners. That's very common for me to hear, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Um, now, I want to thank all our listeners um, for the year. We've had our most successful year by quite some measure. Um, every single one of you who listens, um, they always say tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a family member, you know, tell a work colleague, you know, tell a stranger, you know. You know, what I was about to say, tell the person you're about to kill. No, don't do that. Um, yeah, t- tell tell your well, love. You, I suppose you can if you want them to know what they're missing out on. Yeah, you die now, but you should listen to Signal. Um, tell your lover in the throes of passion. Listen to Signal at Doom. <laughs> why not? Well, why not, man? I mean, any any chance for an advertisement? I am available for Hasbro, if they want to pay me 5K, I'll even take 3K to come on board and pump up their fucking Wolverine releases, anything like that. I want T-shirts, I want figures, I want in general. You know what I mean? I want. You're not talking, you're, you're talking <laughs> a very, what's the word? Materialistic. I was trying, what's the word when you just like things? Materialistic, 
capitalist, greedy person. I, you, can I be bought? Yes. Is there a price tag? Yes. I'm open for business <laughs> every day of the week. Uh, some people take Christmas Day off. I take the early part where I feel that Jesus was born, but in later in the in the day, I'm still open for business. You know, I open up like a little side 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 stall. Um, so yeah, it's all it's all good. I want to thank all the listeners. Rich, yourself, man, um, deserve a ton of praise. You've you've brought in so many um, viewpoints. You've put up with so much banter. Um, you faced a lot of short balls through the year. Um, it's almost been a flawless year. The only thing was, of course, you did not include Elvis in your Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so that was your only mistake. Um, oh, well. Yeah, other than that, it's been a very consistent year for you, Rich. You've barely missed a show this year. I was sick for... I had COVID, so I've had a couple of breaks, but I don't think you've taken... You might I have taken... I missed one. one. I think I missed one. Yeah, that's okay, man. You can you can you can survive with that with, with just a one-off break. But the, you you've earned your break. So, yeah, I, I've mentioned it before. Um, Signal of Doom, um, Patreon.com/slash/SignalOfDoom. Join the Patreon. It all goes towards show running costs. This year has been really good. We've, we've brought new Patreons on. We, I've got a little bit of content coming out over the holidays. I have just a little bit um, here and there. I've got Jeff Grubb's interview, which will be up very early next week, either Sunday night or Monday, just depending on when I get to that. I've just got to edit that down, and um, yeah, uh, we're proud members of the collective. You've got uh, Brian Biggie with Inner Demons. You've got Ray with Into the Night. You've got Connor, Last Sons of Krypton. I was just on there. Capes and Lunatics with Phil and Lilith, um, and uh, Ghost Spider Groupies and others. Rich, anything you'd like to say to the audience? I uh, no, it's, uh, it's been a fun year. Yeah, um, it's. I'll be honest with you, it's just really fun to just uh, do the show definitely bitch and moan sure uh share share thoughts and feelings sure you know it's very very cathartic i don't, I don't I have feelings and, i don't uh, have feelings if the you know i'll be here next year and hopefully everyone definitely. returns well they better return jesus christ we don't want drop-offs um i, I don't do feelings anymore rich now i'm on i, I run on instincts now that's right i can feel for both of us Dave. <laughs> all right on that note i want to say thank you and good night Good night. Fantastic show, Rich. Fantastic year. We've knocked it out of the park. Yeah, man. I, dude, this this show is like so much fucking fun, man. Yeah.